Welcome to the Region Free Gamers Podcast, Episode 12. Free Gamers Podcast, the podcast that is fluent in gaming. My name is Ozzy and I will be your host for today and thank you very much for tuning in. If you like what you hear, then make sure to add us to your podcast rotation and leave a review if possible. It really would help us a lot and we always really love to get feedback. Also, make sure to join the conversation on Instagram. Our handle is Region Free Gamers and we always love to engage with our listeners. So with that out of the way, let us talk about who we have here with me. In the frigid tundra of Canada, we have Paul. Hey, my name is Paul. I like video games. And in the far reaches of Finland, we have Masa. Hey, yo. And close to the U.S. nation's capital, we have Arnaldo. Hey, hey. What's going on, guys? All right. Thank you, guys. And so today we are really excited because we are talking about a topic that we have been really, really, really pumped for. And that is the Contra series. And if you don't know, you will know. Uh, but we have been meaning to talk about Contra since we started doing this podcast, and now it's finally time. Uh, but before we get into that, um, we want to talk a little bit about the week of controllers that we just hosted on Instagram. Uh, the Region Free Gamers account recently went through um, the best and worst controllers that we considered based on scientific data and lots of heated <laughs> debate. And uh, we just kind of ran them down the top five best, top five worst. And it was all in a celebration of our last to uh, controller episodes. And so that was super successful and we have been really super impressed with the participation that we received. And so we just wanna talk a little bit about it. So I'll leave it to you guys. What were your thoughts on the week of controllers? So Paul? Oh man, it was super fun. Um, I'm not really a controller guy either, right? Like I see a lot of, I go through Instagram and I look, I look at all the video game stuff on a regular basis. It's a lot of fun just kind of to see what everybody's got. And, uh, but controllers are never really something that I was into. Most of my stuff is stock. Um, and so just going through all this, all these oddities that everybody has and, and all this stuff that I didn't know existed. Yeah, man, it's a, it's a lot of fun to go through it for sure. Yeah, I'm, I'm amazed that, you know, there are so many people that have so many quirky controllers. I, I really was surprised at, you know, the oddities that we saw. So I, I I don't know. Every, every day that I woke up, I was looking forward to seeing what could people come up with. Yeah, um, yeah, exactly. So it, it was just super, super exciting. Um, Maso, what do you think? Um, yeah, it's been a really fun week, and this, of course, coming from someone who who you know constantly posts um control controller photos on Instagram. No, you don't. Um, <laughs> hey guys, hey guys, it's <laughs> yeah, you the do. Secret to Maso's yeah, fan yeah. base. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> But like the fun thing, like it's kind of like what you guys just mentioned. The fun thing has been not seeing, you know, the same PS4 and Xbox One and so on controllers, but like all these like really oddball ones that I didn't, you know, I didn't even know that they existed. So yeah, like those have been like the most fun posts because even like myself, like, I mean, I have lots of controllers, but it's like, Paul, like, most of them are just like the normal official ones, so I don't really have any, like, really, like, truly weird ones. Yeah, and, and Arnie, I, I must congratulate you, because you were the one that took the work of responding to almost every single post, and so <laughs> you you must have spent, like, a full work week just dedicated to dealing with a week of controllers, so I applaud you, man. Um, Thank but, you. But, I, I really enjoyed it. It was 
I guess I really liked it because I really liked our controller episode, and so I'm glad that it sort of had it did what it what we wanted it to do, which is to show love to video game controllers that I think you know a lot of the times like Paul like Masa said I have pretty much stock controllers a lot of times I don't really think about the fact that you know controllers are an important part of video game of a video game experience like whether a game is good or not um, can oftentimes be affected by the controller you use so I'm glad that you know people seem to really love controllers well and it also really spurred debate and mm-hmm. it created a lot of division. Absolutely. Um, I, I didn't realize people were so passionate about controllers and about yeah, which one is best. A lot of people with, with wrong opinions out there. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, I realized that, I, that some people have some love for the Jaguar controller, even though yeah. that was our number one worst controller. Um, there are even some people that like the Philips CDI controller, which I did yeah. not expect at all to see. And, and, and also course, the N64 one is like surprisingly popular. Oh yeah, oh, yeah. N64. <laughs> but but I, I'm fairly sure that all these people who you know, like I did my own like little generational um, controller battles, and I'm fairly sure that every one of these you know people who actually voted for N64 versus like Saturn and PS1, like they have not used the controller since the 90s. Uh, yeah, I don't know. Yeah, Maybe that has they to have. be it. <laughs> Maybe they have, but I, you know, you touched exactly upon what I was going to say, Masa, which is that the 64 was the most divisive one, I think. Yeah. Like some people were really, really bugged that we put the N64 on number three, and some people were bugged that it was not number one. So- <laughs> I, I don't know, because I, I honestly, the one that felt to me like most people immediately were like, that I don't agree with that, was the Duke. Like, the second we put oh. that picture up, people were like, I love this controller. This yeah, controller yeah. is great. Like, every comment on there is like, this is a great controller. Yeah, and I'll bet every really single weird. one of those people was at least six foot two. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I, I don't know. Arnie, you and me have small hands. So, I have you baby know, hands. It's, I've it's, learned. It's useless for us. We're Hispanic. <laughs> we're not necessarily six two, six three. So, yeah. um, it's not a controller made for Hispanics. Um, so... <laughs> I, I, <laughs> I don't know. I'm still stereotyping here, guys. I'm stereotyping. Stop me. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Anyways, but no, it was really, really fun to see like some of the debates, and even even amongst us guys, we we had some really, really heated arguments about whether we should include one or the other uh, on on what spot. I mean, dude, (laughs) Massa had the best argument, which was that the N64 is the only controller to actually consistently cause injuries. Yeah, yeah, exactly. As soon as he said that, I was like, okay, yep. Yeah, no, great point. Is, is to your <laughs> we were debating whether to put the Dreamcast or the N64 on three or four. Which one should come yeah. first? And then Massa just throws out the bomb, and we're like, nope, we don't have anything else to say. <laughs> yeah, the Dreamcast never hurt me. <laughs> yeah, so it was it was super fun. Um, it, you know, we we uh, we had some very heated debates about what we should have included. So um, I hope you guys enjoyed it. But what were some of your favorite posts? Uh, how about you, Arnie? Uh, for me, it was just seeing like because when I when when we started doing it, I was like, I know what controllers I'm gonna see. I hope to see like something different. And like I saw an Apple Pippin controller. I'd never seen that before. I saw an MSX controller. I was like, who the fuck talks about MSX anymore? <laughs> I do, yeah. and I love it. I love seeing stuff like that. We saw a Steel Battalion controller, which oh, I was, was very awesome. happy about. Um, we saw the Virtual On 
uh, Saturn uh, controller, which I love. So it was all like the oddities, the odds ends, like consoles that people never talk about. Like you look hashtag Apple Pippin and there's like maybe three posts about it or something like that. I love that. <laughs> and stuff. it's all this one guy that is a massive <laughs> Apple Pippin fan and he's, his love whole it. basement is filled with Apple Pippin memorabilia. Yeah. <laughs> no engage though. So this entire well, thing was a failure. We'll do a portable episode at some point yeah. and, and we can just <laughs> shed on the engage for hours. Um, so what yeah, about Finland's you, Paul? Bride. Yeah, the old, uh, it's really the only Finnish controller. I mean, <laughs> console, not controller. <laughs> Let's keep that on the down low, Masa. <laughs> what about you, Paul? What were some of your favorite posts? Um, you know, actually, Video Game Bear had a kick-ass Saturn, Saturn Bomberman the controller. Bomberman that was so Aww. sick. That was yeah, so dude, cute that, also. I saw it, and I was like, I mean, you know, there's a lot of stuff I'm looking at, and I'm like, I want it. But that one, because yes. it, it had like Agreed. the little, it had like the little plastic Bomberman on it and That's everything. That's adorable, of dude. Bomberman, yeah. In the middle and of it's it. the and Saturn controller, which is my favorite. Are turbo so. switches. The oh, eyes dude, yeah. Turbo switches. <laughs> oh, it's amazing. <laughs> it's bonkers. Yeah, but Paul, I, I know you love your Bomberman, so I, I I saw that and I was like, oh, Paul's gonna love this. Um, oh yeah. So it was it was really cute. It's just freaking adorable. I mean, who I, you know, at the very least, it wasn't the Act Zero Bomberman. You imagine that? Yeah. <laughs> oh man, that would have been ridiculous. The mean mug Bomberman. And did you guys see? Um, I think it was Pablo underscore zero five zero one. Unless yes. I'm mistaken, I think it's that yeah. dude. He's I, I think he's another Brit too, and uh, he had this controller i think it was for the super nes and it was basically shaped like a triangle and it was like yeah, the most yeah, ridiculous thing yeah, i've ever um, seen a slick stick or whatever it was yeah that, trail blazer cool. by slick sticks like <laughs> yeah that was actually one yeah. of my favorites favorites too so yeah well and it looks like underpants that's that's what it looks like, like yes yeah. yes under- that's what it was, whitey, it was the underpants controller. that's what it looks like uh how about you maso what were some of your favorite posts uh well yeah that one obviously uh and then i have a couple of others um yeah nick lazy dude posted his um dreamcast controller collection yeah and okay so like we have talked about this before but yeah it's not exactly my favorite controller but yeah like the transparent colored ones look insanely cool they I've do. seen them all together. It's yeah, and, and also the black one. Yeah, like, yeah. That's like, I, I'm a bit like, hmm, maybe I should go on eBay. <laughs> well, you know, it's it's also funny that that the Dreamcast and the N64 had all these multiple colors, and they were both yep. very crappy. So, yeah. um, <laughs> and then the other one uh, by our good friend Cheese Bot Gaming. Um, there's this uh, Densha the Go train controller uh, oh, for PlayStation. <laughs> yeah, Jeff that had that, and, and you could put a beer on it with the cup holder. Awesome. Yes, <laughs> that was awesome. Yeah, I love it. Well, and and just to talk about one of my favorite posts, I mean, Jeff uh, also posted the Netcon, and I really was hoping that someone would talk about the Netcon. Literally, right after I see him post. I say, I got to go on eBay and I got to get me one of these because <laughs> I didn't realize that you could play Wipeout with the Netcon. Yes. And it just like blew my mind. And I said, it makes so much freaking sense. That's, <laughs> that's how you're meant to play Wipeout. Um, and I, I literally went on, uh, online on eBay and I saw that there are also different colors because the Japanese one, I think, is different Ooh. color than the one that Holy came out in the U.S. Shit. So I, I really want it. And it's not that expensive. It's like 20 bucks. So yeah. 
I'm going to be able to play Rich Racer, Race Racer, Wipeout. It's it's going to be awesome. You know, I, I only yeah. wish that I could play Dark Souls with it. If if I could, then <laughs> that, that would be my goal in life. Uh, but yeah, it's 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 been super cool, and uh, everyone has just had so many different types of variations. And I guess that that flows into the next question: is what was a controller that did not expect to see or had no idea existed? I guess we've talked about the Apple Pippin already, but yeah. uh, how about you, Maso? What do you think? Um, I'm probably gonna have to go with the one that I just mentioned, um, the train one. <laughs> Oh, okay, that that's so definitely cool. something that I like. Okay, so of course, like one really cool one is the um, Dreamcast, like fishing rod. Uh, but that I knew of, and then I was like, yeah, maybe someone will post it. And I gotta give a shout out to um, Strilly Vanilli, who has been, yeah. you know, killing it this week, like oh, putting yeah. out really awesome posts, oh, and dude. also like posting, you know, like these well-known ones, but also like some really oddball stuff. So yeah, yeah, big shout out to him. Well, he posted the the PS One glove. The glove controller. Dude, that, that was thing the one is I was ridiculous. What an abomination, dude! What the hell was that supposed to be? What, yep. Why did we wish in the '90s and the late '80s to control everything with one hand? Like, <laughs> did you just not want to use the other hand? Did you just need I to think, free it up? No, or something? I, I don't know, dude. Like. I like if I really want to drink a beer and I don't have hands, I can get a beer helmet. That's true. <laughs> yes. Touche, touche. Or a camelback or something yeah. like that. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> How about you, Arnie? What's what's a, a controller you did not expect to see? Um, so I mentioned a bunch of them off the top. Uh one that I I guess it, it wasn't really a controller per se, but somebody Forgive me for not knowing their account name off the top of my head. Somebody posted these like handheld DDR mats. It's like it's a controller in the shape of a DDR mat with the buttons, but it's for your hands. I saw. And that. I was like, that thing is the only way I could ever play DDR. Oh come on I now! Suck at that game. <laughs> <laughs> That's how I would play it. Yeah, so that was a good one. What about you, Paul? What what did you not expect to see or had no idea existed? Um, I didn't know that there was so so our good friend Arcade Tokyo, uh he yes. put up um he put up the Luigi's arcade Mansion arcade game. And the Luigi's Mansion arcade game uh, first of all I didn't know it existed. Second of all, it uses a vacuum controller. So it's like yeah. <laughs> it, it's like shaped like a vacuum and I guess you vacuum, you know, the the ghosts and so on and <laughs> and uh yeah. yeah, it was it was absolutely hilarious. And you put up a story which killed me yeah. where you know how you know how you put up those instagram stories and you pick a or b yeah you do the poll yeah it's a poll right and he put up one where a was suck and b was blow and uh <laughs> and we have like and we have another i have like another chat group with him and a couple other guys and he was giving us like you know momentary updates on whether suck or blow was winning and uh <laughs> It was, I don't know, man, like something about that just killed me. That guy's pretty funny. But anyway. Yeah. But yeah, I've actually played that game, man. It's basically an on-rails shooter. Yeah. I played it at Dave and Buster's of all places. Get Uh, out. That's one of those things I thought would be like Japan only. No. Yeah, I could play it in uh, Disneyland Paris. Yeah. Well, uh, let me just mention... uh, the one that posted the DDR controller, Arnie, was Kales Kawai. So yep. thank you very much for uh, putting that up and being part of our show. Um, I guess one of the things that I did not expect to see, I actually did not expect to see a Magnavox Odyssey controller. Oh, and we yeah, did yeah. not have just one. We had two. 
uh, folks that posted a Magnavox Odyssey controller, and it looks appropriately yellow. Um, but you <laughs> know, that's the OG controller. That's really the controller that started it all. So yeah. the fact that the community actually came through and you know posted that, that was pretty awesome. And uh, the other thing is, I, I love Arcade That Tokyo Roland. He posted so many cool stuff. Um, he posted also the Densha the Go controller, but the actual arcade one. So that was that was really fun to see. And as you mentioned, uh, the Luigi's Mansion controller. So um, it was just a bunch of cool little oddities. Um, so I guess uh, you know, let's give some shout outs to some of the accounts that really you know pulled a lot of work on this uh, week of controllers. So yeah. what are some of the the, the accounts that you want to shout out? So for me, definitely arcade.tokyo. He was very specific that I include the dot. Well, so we have not can... been paid to uh, shout him out. So <laughs> just want to put He that declared out there. himself winner of Week of Controllers, so I won't take that away from him. <laughs> uh, he's definitely Strilly Vanilli for sure because um, he's consistent. Red Retro. Um, yep. Big shout out to him. He was doing posts every single day. Um, and he was like, he basically commented on every single controller post we put out. So, uh, big shout out to him. So those are the big three that I can think of. Yeah, he was very active, and I, I really uh, appreciated that. Um, also, want to give a shout out to Artemis, who I didn't know his account before, and he was the first one that actually posted about week of controllers, yep. and he he put very very good quality pictures, and uh, I was very impressed. Um, so that was good. Uh, how about you, Paul? Some some accounts you want to shout out that we haven't shouted out before? Uh, we've we've done most that I thought or that I had in mind. Um, there's another one, Usagi underscore seven o four. He posted both the ASCII, ASC, I don't know how you pronounce it, ASCII, ASCII or ASCII, ASCII think, pad, yeah. Yeah. Um, and the PC Engine Avenue pad. And I was oh, like, yeah. holy crap! This this guy has like the exact same controllers I do. <laughs> he, he was like the only guy who posted those two and i'm like awesome <laughs> awesome uh how about you uh masa um i have a few uh first of all free radical dave he's been yep. posting every day yeah um shadow shadow we dragon is another one yes yeah he's got an insane collection mm -hmm. um yeah of course yeah bablo um underscore oh one five one like and like I gotta, you know, give him like an overall shout out too, because yeah, he's got like one of the coolest accounts in my opinion. He's Absolutely. always posting like Japanese, like really obscure Japanese import games. Yeah. Um and who else, who else? Let's see. Yeah. Oh yeah, Nick uh, Lazy Dude, um yep. Yeah, Cheese Pot Gaming, Video Game Bear, um Retro Gamer uh, Rishi also had a few cool ones. Yep. Um sixteen bit. Uh, sixteen bit. Yeah, yeah. So a, a, f a few of them, and also I want to give a shout out to Ash Event because he was the one yep. that provided the picture to the Jaguar. The Jaguar. Um, so he came through, you know, in the clutch, and he gave us a picture that was light years beyond what you know I expected because it's it looks super cool. Like it looks ready. Yep. You know, if you didn't care for the Jaguar, at the very least, this picture would have made you. You know, moderately really cool. more excited about it. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so, and he also posted about the first child, uh, Channel F. We know he's a huge fan of that console. And he posted about it. And he was, I think, the only one that posted about the first child. Yep. So I was. I that was, was really another one I wasn't expecting to see was the Fairchild freaking Channel F. Like, what? Yeah, and and also two accounts that we uh, we have not mentioned up to this point, but they were very active. You're all Paul Bob and. Yep. 
Joey Joey Jr. Shabadoo, um, which <laughs> we know the worst is. name ever. And so we have like the two most uh, lewd accounts, you know, together. So I think that's that's perfectly appropriate. Um, so, guys, if we have not mentioned you. You know, please forgive us. We were so yeah. overwhelmed with all the support and all the participation that, you know, we were just kind of like constantly chatting. It's like, my God, this is insane. We're about to hit 200 posts. We're about to hit 300 yeah. followers. We were really, really excited. So if we have not mentioned you, we are really sorry. And we're going to make sure to read out a list next time that we do the next episode. <laughs> a prepared list. Yes. Uh, but it, it really meant a lot to us. And, you know, you guys really made our week. We were so, so pumped about how much participation there was. So thank yeah. you, guys. We really hope that we're going to, uh, you know, do another type of themed week on Instagram at some point in the future because... It was a lot of fun and, and it was great to have a lot of community participation. It really did feel like we were kind of coming into our own and really being able to engage with the community that we are part of and that we feel so passionate about. So, yeah. you know, all we can say is thank you, you know, from the bottom of our hearts. Thank you so much. So we're back, and uh, now it's time for business, uh, Contra business. So we're ready to talk about Contra, and we were actually thinking about recording this episode like four months back, and Masa yeah. was not able to participate, and he was like, no, 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 guys, you can't do Contra without me. I, I have to talk about Contra. So we're like, yeah, I, I, I totally get you, man. So yes, we're going <laughs> to hold off on talking about Contra. And then we did a few episodes, and you know, we just kind of put that in the back burner, and mm-hmm. then, you know, we were thinking, what should we talk about next? And we were just kind of stumped. And we said, holy crap, guys, <laughs> you know, we actually haven't talked about Contra yet. And we we're like, yep, we, we got to do it. We got to do it. So um, I guess before we go into it, what do you guys think of as Contra? What is Contra to you guys? Well, oh, for me, Contra. A lot of frustration. Yeah, it's, it's difficult <laughs> and somersaults. Oh, the somersaults <laughs> are so great. Yeah. It's, not, uh, it's not Contra without somersaults. Yeah, absolutely. It, to me, it's the official, unofficial Arnold Schwarzenegger slash Alien slash Rambo game that we all wanted. Yes, well, I, I, at least that's what I thought all the time. That it was just <laughs> that's what I was playing. So, uh, yeah, I mean, for the most part, you know, these are two D run and gun action platformers. They were developed by Konami, uh, the the defunct uh, company, not formerly known as Konami, and uh, it was played either solo or in co op. But co op was really where you know the game really yeah. shined. And uh, you know, you shoot down incoming enemies, and everything climaxes with a big badass boss battle at the end that takes up the whole screen. So, in a nutshell, that's Contra. So. I guess, let me ask you guys, when did you first play Contra? When did you first become aware of Contra? Because I think this is a very important question for all of us that are very passionate about Contra. So how about you, Masa? Okay, so I'm not exactly sure when it was. Um, 
but it was like I got my NES in 1990, so it must have been maybe in 91 or 92. And okay, so in in Soviet Finland, the game was actually known as Propotector, um, <laughs> and I'm sure that Oshi, I mean Oshi will you know talk about like why it's Propotector in um, in Europe, but I actually got lucky. Like I never, you know, I never had to play. Protector because um, my parents actually got me one of those like 501 like pirate cards and it had Contra so <laughs> Was it, and Contra it had Contra like maybe card? 50 times so yeah I mean it's 501 but it had like maybe I don't know 20 unique games okay well, maybe we should just get that out of the way yeah so Contra in Europe for a long time was just called Probotector and uh, it replaced the two main soldiers. So you have two soldiers. One has a red bandana, another has a blue bandana. And uh, it replaced them with uh, robots. And it was okay. called Probotector. And but the enemy sprites are unchanged. You still fight aliens? Yeah, yeah, pretty much. Okay. Pretty much. But presumably this change was actually precipitated by uh, Germany's uh, uh, censorship laws. So the Federal Department for Media Harmful to Young Person, uh, they had a policy of banning any sales of media. Um, which were deemed too violent for children or which glorified war. And I think Konami just wanted to get ahead of that and not be censored. And so they just replaced all the sprites for the main soldiers, for the main player protagonists um, with robots. Because, you know, who cares about robots? Robots' lives, you know, who cares about <laughs> Robot <them>? lives matter. <laughs> all right. Well, <laughs> and so uh, th there were a bunch of titles that changed the name. So the original Contra, Super Contra, Operation C, Contra 3, and Contra Hard Cups. Hardcore. Uh, it wasn't until the PS1 Contra that they actually got a proper Contra, which is terribly tragic because the PS1 yeah. Contras, as we will talk about, suck. Absolutely suck. <laughs> How uh, dare you? But they're fantastic. Yeah, so that's, that's the only <laughs> time we're going to mention Probotector. Uh, but yeah, just, just keep that in mind. Contra in Europe was not Contra, was Probotector. And sadly so. Uh, but how about you, Arnie? What's, what's your first recollection of Contra? When did you first play it? I I came to the Contra party real late. Um, I think the first time I played Contra was the original Contra, but it has to have been within like the last ten years. Um, That's very recent. Yeah, uh, it was either I'm trying to remember now because the only the only times I really remember playing Contra were either on an actual NES or more likely on some sort of like Play Choice Ten machine. Um, at a convention or something like that is probably when I when I played it. Yeah, that's that's pretty uh, odd. I mean, I you know I, I guess let me just talk before I go into Paul because I know Paul may have a story about this. <laughs> uh, but uh, let me talk about when I first played it. So like uh, Masa, I was living in communist Cuba um, growing up, and we didn't have many systems. But there was a neighbor of mine that actually had a Famicom. And this Famicom actually had the 1000 game card. And as Masa mentioned, it had Contra. Like Whoa, even better than mine. Times. <laughs> yeah, it had like Contra like 50 or 100 times or something like that. <laughs> and, uh, and so I, I went to their house one day. They lived across the street from me. And I went to their house one day and uh, I, I played Contra. And by this point, I already had a PS1. So this must have been like 96 or so. Um, I was 70 year old. And... Uh, you know, I, I played Contra and I played it with my friend and my mind was just blown because it was so awesome to be able to play this with a friend 
and where you actively had to cooperate with your friend and you know you actually had to you know jump at the same time so that one of them would not lose a life when you were going mm-hmm. up and the like and so i was just blown away and so i got so obsessed with contra that i would go every single day after school and i would knock on their door and you know this were <laughs> this were people in their late 30s you know and they had two daughters and incidentally my first crush was on one of their daughters like the older daughter um <laughs> so contra to me has a very close place to my heart because I have so many childhood coming of age, you know, memories tied to it. And they were actually cake bakers. So they were the the town's cake bakers. And so I would play Contra and then whenever I would take a break, I would just go to the back and I would start seeing them bake cakes. And I would try the cakes, I would try the meringue. Um, and it was just such a, an indelible memory of my childhood. And it was such a blissful time for me. Um, because every day after school, I would just go there and I would just hang out with them. I would swoon over the daughter and I would play Contra. I would taste cakes. It was beautiful. It was just so awesome. I, I, I loved my time with Contra. And so that's why when I think of Contra right now, I'm like, ah, Contra. Did you get <laughs> so hungry awesome. every time you think of it? I, I want cake every time I think of Contra. You know? We're going to name the episode Contra and Cake. I want cake and to shoot people in the face. You know, shoot motherfuckers in the face, as Masa would say. Yeah. So, um, so with that out of the way, Paul, let me let, let me know what was the first time that you played Contra. Uh, well, I mean, you make it sound like I have some kind of epic yarn to spin, but it's not. Uh, <laughs> it's not. It's not nothing that special. Um, basically, it was just like when I was a little kid, right? So back when the NES was still the king, um, I had a buddy at school who had an NES, and I had a Master System, and he's like, man. You got to come over. You got to come over. You got to come over. You, you got to play Contra and Rad Racer, but mostly Contra. <laughs> and uh, and I was like, no, you know, my parents, they, they won't allow me to go, you know, because I think I was like nine or ten at the time. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and my parents are super overprotective. So it's like, no, I can't. I can't. I can't. But eventually I relented and I went to his house after school and uh, and we played Contra and it was awesome, right? Like... It was like you said, Ozzy, like I'd never played a cooperative game quite like that before. And almost, almost immediately, like on the second level, we're arguing because we're like stealing each other's lives. And, (laughs) and you know, like that's, that's the classic Contra argument. And, uh, yeah, it was amazing, right? So I stayed at his house for like an hour, hour and a half after school playing. And so I'm walking home from school and I see my sister, my older sister, like 10 years older than me. And she's like, where have you been? And I said, I stayed late after school, you know, <laughs> to do homework, which is like the most unlikely lie, right? <laughs> and uh, and she says, oh, yeah, interesting, because I went to the school and they said you weren't there. And uh, long story short, I think I was grounded for like three weeks or, oh, or something man. like that. <laughs> and you know what? It was it fucking was worth, worth it. it. It was, was worth it because I got to play Contra, and that game was amazing. And I still remember everything about that day. So yeah, yeah. no, at now, the time pretty shitty, but now don't care. Yeah. It was now great. We're talking about it now. <laughs> you know, it's it's funny that you mentioned that, Paul, because I think we we probably all have a story like that where we just like went after school to our friend's house, like without telling our parents, and then our parents freaked the hell out. Because uh, yeah. I have just a story, and it was because I wanted to play Resident Evil with my cousins, and I just oh, yeah. did not tell my parents. <laughs> and I remember when my mom found out, 
dude, she like drove over to my cousin's place. Just like she didn't even talk to us. She just like grabbed us, you know, just like grabbed us. <laughs> and like when we got to the place, dude, she like took out the belt and she just went ass whooping on us. <laughs> she was yeah. like, "You never do that to me again," <laughs> you know, because she was like freaking out. I mean, single mother, you know, she doesn't know where yeah. her kids are. It's it's something Video that games I, ruin lives. Oh really, well, I think know. is the moral of the story. <laughs> it just shows they care. It shows parents care. Um, but no, I, I mean, I think Contra was a series that, particularly for us growing up, it's kind of like a, a dream for twelve-year-olds because you're playing as big, burly dudes with machine guns and just shooting people down, and it just feels like an action movie, and you're actually playing an action movie. And at the time they came out, they were like this big, badass action movie stars. And you felt like you were playing one of those movies. And so for an indelible, impressionable young kid to see Contra would have been like, oh my God, this is so awesome. This is everything I wanted. It's explosions, machine guns, guns and and muscles. It's so awesome. And aliens. And aliens, of course. Um, So we're getting a little bit ahead of ourselves. So let's talk about the first Contra. So the first Contra was released in the arcades of February of 1987. But strangely enough, a lot of people haven't played the arcade game. Most people haven't played the arcade games. And it's one of the very few games where it is better known for the NES version rather than the arcade version. Mm -hmm. And, you know, I only actually saw a long play of the arcade version very recently. It was probably like about a year and a half back, actually. I knew it had come out in the arcades, but I had never even bothered uh, to see it, and it's it's very different. The arcade game is very different from the S- from the oh. NES version. So the NES version was released in in February of 1988, so just a year after, and uh, it was developed by Konami. It was produced by this guy called uh, Koji Hiroshida, and uh, he went on to produce Super Contra in the arcades. But uh, he seems to have largely fallen out of game development. Uh, on the NES, there was a different team that worked on it, and because they had to adapt to the memory limitations of the NES. Um, they actually had to, you know, just make it kind of like a, a, a different feeling game. And the game was directed by this guy called Shigeharu Umezaki, and I probably butcher that. And uh, he had previously directed Life Force and uh, then went to work on, on Super C. And fun fact, he's now the president of Goodfeel Co., which they have developed Kirby's Epic Yarn and Joshi's Woolly World, which I know is Masa's favorite game. So oh, yeah. that is that is my favorite fact. About <laughs> I know, <this> right? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but what a know, natural progression. So, yeah. so it's Absolutely. like natural. I mean, you go from Contra to like, you know, yarn, you know, kid-oriented graphics. To like the cutest, <laughs> most adorable Nintendo game ever. It's awesome. But, but you know, it's really cool that, you know, this guy is still developing games because I feel like most developers from like the 80s, they've largely fallen out of game development. Um, yeah. They've most of them have become executives or the likes, um, mm-hmm. or, or some have just completely gone out of the game business altogether. So it's nice to see someone that worked in the original games actually still be in game development. But guys, let's let's talk about the the cover. Uh, what do you guys think about the cover to you know Contra on the NES? It's great. Yeah, that's like half <laughs> the selling point of the game. Yeah. Well, for those of you that don't know, the cover of Contra was actually a blatant ripoff of Arnold Schwarzenegger in Predator and uh, the Xenomorph from the Alien series. And, and Sylvester that, Stallone as and the other. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's basically Sylvester Stallone and Arnold Schwarzenegger in the front. And yep. 
That's why for most people, they thought you're playing as Arnold and you're playing as Rambo. That's this is the the, the Arnold and Rambo game. Yeah. Um, at least that's what I thought. Um, this one, I really like this cover. Um, and I, this is like a Konami thing to do stuff like that. For reference, see the Metal Gear uh, NES box art, which is literally just a painted version of a still of Kyle Reese from Terminator one i think adult kyle reese is solid snake on the cover of the uh metal gear nes game so they've done this before like this was like their their go-to on on stuff like this and even down to the games itself like konami and metal gear you had like the the character portraits was sean connery for big boss and Mm -hmm. uh mel gibson for snake of course that was reconned later on on the release (laughs) yeah but uh but, uh, you know, the co-op mechanics of Contra were probably the most critical factor in, in, in making it memorable and fun. And uh, Paul has already mentioned, uh, you know, stealing lives. But do you guys have some favorite co-op stories from the game? Um, yeah, I actually have one. And this is, I mean, of course, um, back in the day as a kid, like I used to play it with my friend like all the time. But this one is actually much more recent. Um, four years ago, uh, it was like a random, I don't know, Monday or a Tuesday morning. Um, you know, I, w- I was on my way to the office and I work at this like really tall, big ass, you know, office building. And, you know, I I get in and then there's like lots of like, um, like people are like, yeah, 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 like, no, like, um, there's a blackout, like nothing works. And I was like, okay, so what am I going to do now? And then, you know, one of my um, ex-colleagues, you know, he joined me and we were like, yeah, what now? And But then my boss was like, well, we don't know how long this is going to take to, you know, get everything up and running again. So he was like, yeah, I mean, just, you know, go shopping or whatever. Um, luckily for me, back then I still lived like quite near, um, nearby. And I was like, I told my friend, I was like, so yeah, you want to go to my place, let's, you know, hang out or play video games or whatever. Um, and then we actually ended up playing Contra and also the sequel, Super C. And the best thing is that we actually managed to beat both games like before Whoa. we had to go back. <laughs> and I was like, oh my God, th- this is like the, you know, best day, <laughs> best day of my working life ever. And I actually... That was the only time in my life that I actually got paid to play video games. Amazing. That's yeah. awesome. very nice. That's awesome. How, how about you, Arnie? It, it's weird because I'm 90% sure that every time I've played Contra has been with somebody else. Because for me, like that's the only real way to play Contra. Um, but it's weird. I, in, I guess in the opposite of... Uh, what Paul was saying, I've never had an issue with stealing lives. My issue has always been stealing power-ups. That is the, oh, yeah. the, the thing that kills me. Like, if you already have the spread gun, <laughs> why'd you just pick up that second spread gun power-up when I'm stuck with the stupid laser gun or something? You know what I mean? It destroys yeah. friendships. It destroys lives. So, so And rightfully so. Power-ups. You know what? Yeah. Yeah. Don't fucking steal the spread gun. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and the spread no gun the should go gun to the, the person most capable. The, pers- yeah. the, the spread gun should go to the one providing cover. So yeah. there you go. Um, Paul, any, any stories you also want to share regarding co-op? Oh, yeah. Like probably the uh, probably the is it a waterfall level? I don't even remember anymore. But yes, like the waterfall level. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Where you're climbing up. 
where you're climbing up and like one player can scroll the screen and kill the other player. <laughs> and so like, dude, I remember as a kid just being like, don't, don't kill me. Don't kill me. And then my friend would be like, Oh, sorry. What an accident. And then giggle. And we would just kind of like do that back and forth. It's like a race to get to the top to see who kills, like, you know, who kills or doesn't kill the other player. And the whole time it's like, we both know we're doing it on purpose. But we're both like, oh, so sorry. <laughs> that's well, that's the best. Well, the, the, the by the way, that, are you guys still friends? I uh, know, <laughs> <laughs> and rightfully so. It was a very passive-aggressive friendship, Paul. <laughs> so, um, yeah, I, I I had a lot of difficulty with that waterfall level because. You know, there were people that they, the ones that didn't know better, they would just keep climbing up. And for those of yeah. you that don't know. If you uh, keep climbing up, the screen just keeps following the player that's climbing up. And so if the bottom player falls out of the screen, they they die. So, mm-hmm. um, yeah, there are a lot of lives lost. Um, but one of the things that last night in research for this episode, I actually played Contra 3. And we're going to talk about Contra 3 later. But, um, but I'm going to tell you one of the fun co-op stories that I had. I didn't realize that in Contra 3 you can actually go into a tank. Of course, I, I knew that. But I didn't realize that if you fire the tank, the tank has a recoil and it goes back. And if you just happen to be standing back and your friend is driving the tank, you're going to get run over. So <laughs> yesterday... Oh, I did not know that. I, I literally, yesterday, uh, no I, got, I got run over, I got fired upon. And then when I was <laughs> on top of the tank, I actually jumped. And for whatever reason... You know, from the top of the tank, I died. I, I don't even know why. I just died. <laughs> so I was like, I don't know where to be here. I don't know which part of the screen to be in because anywhere yeah. I go, I'm just dying. Um, but that's such a contra thing, though. Like, I don't think I've ever played a game where one I've died that many times in such a short amount of time. But also, like, I have no idea why or how I died. Well, it, 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 yeah, because there's so much, there's so many bullets. There's like, so much the stuff screen. going on. It's like, oh, I guess there something happened because I'm dead now. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> but yeah, if and, you think about the first Contra game, or well, actually all of them. Um, okay, so as a kid, like of course we had like all the time in the world, and we only had you know 500 games to play. But you would like <laughs> keep playing the same games over and over again, and even if the game was like full of like trial and error kind of bullshit, you would still you know keep trying and that's why um like i mean i have beaten the first contra many times and that's the only one that i can actually beat like without the konami code but like the like the later games like which we will you know cover later but like i just don't have the same patience nowadays like for that trial and error kind of stuff like it just like i mean i mean I just, you know, maybe beat like three levels and that's it. And then I, you know, never, ever see like the second half of the game. Um, but yeah, I mean, that that's definitely like a big thing about Contra. And I'm not sure how well like that kind of gameplay style would work like nowadays. So maybe that's yeah. like one of the reasons why the series is um, almost completely irrelevant. Don't say that. That hurts my soul. <laughs> well, um, we ha- still have the mobile games well, yeah. in China. And, and the Pashenko machines, whenever they show up, I think yeah. there, there might have already been a Pashenko. Yeah, actually, there, the, was, yeah, there was a Pashenko one, yeah. machine. Of course there is. Yeah. Um, of course. But, it, you know, they do feel like, as, as Arnie mentioned, there are games that you kind of just are meant to play in co-op. I, I, I don't think mm. I've played many Contras single player um, because it just doesn't feel right. 
but they're also perfect pickup and play games. Like I will pick up the first Contra and play that jungle level over and over again for the rest of my life. I can guarantee you that, and I will never get tired of that exploding bridge at the beginning. It's it's just yep. awesome. Like it just always brings me back, and I can always play it time and again. Um, let's talk a little bit about the mechanics. One of the things that Contra is known for is, as Paul mentioned, the somersault. Um, and I just call it the spin shot, but somersaulting is amazing in this game. Um, it's lovely. And uh, the other thing is the floating power-up. So as you go through the level, there are this floating you know, thingamajigs that go across the screen. You shoot them down, and they lay down uh, power-ups. And uh, you start with a regular machine gun, but you also have other guns, which include the laser, as Arnie mentioned. But it also includes the spread gun, which we also mentioned. And what are your opinions on this spread gun, guys? The best uh, gun ever. Yeah, <laughs> it's like the best Top gun ever. Top five video game yeah. guns of all time. Certainly. I mean, it's right up there, I think, with the BFG from Doom and the original pistol from Halo. I, I think it's right up there as some of the best weapons of all time. It, it has to be. Um, yeah. It's it's just you rain down hell um, yeah. upon your enemies because the spread shot is also, basically it goes like in a conical shape and it just hits everything in front of you or wherever yeah. it is you're shooting. Also, I mean, was I, I mean, the only person who called it a shotgun? Yes, yes, okay. <laughs> absolutely. <laughs> I just wanted to be clear because when I saw an S, I was like, "Oh, cool, it's a shotgun." It's like you know, shoots no. in a spray. No, but yeah, if you think about the first game, um, it's so much easier with the spread. That's basically like the easy mode. And I yeah. don't mind that at all because these games are no, hard. No. Yeah, Masa. exactly. And I'm terrible at them. <laughs> I am terrible <laughs> at them. Um, so I, I guess we should mention, this was the game that really popularized the Konami code. So if you didn't play yeah. this game with the Konami code, God bless you. You are a hero and you deserve a medal. Um, because <laughs> it only gave you three lives. Um, if you play the Konami code, if you put the Konami code, you got 30 lives. So do you guys use it? Oh, oh dude, every like time. every time. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Can yeah, you guys I mean, recite it from memory? Like, yeah, I mean, of course. yeah, and also of like, um, up, up, I gotta down, say, down, like, left, right, left, right, BA start. Absolutely. What are you gonna say, Masa? Yeah, um, like when I mentioned that, yeah, like I beat um, Super C and Contra with my buddy like four years ago. Like that, that's like we actually had to use the Konami code. But like back in the day, um, when I was still, when I still had like the young man reflexes, like many years ago, um, <laughs> I, I was able to beat the first game without the code. But for example, not Super C. Yeah, the, the Super C actually doesn't use the Konami code, which is what screwed me up, which is why... I have never beaten Super C because I don't know the code that you use for Super C in order to get the 30 lives. And also, but, you don't get 30. I think you only get 10 lives, maybe. Yep. And, and it's super hard. Like, Super C, it's just one I've never been able to beat because it's yeah, so it hard. Yeah, like, it's absolutely more difficult than the first game. I actually never played Super C as a kid. Um, I first played maybe, let's say, like, five years ago, five, six years ago. And... I, I was actually like really shocked as like someone who has played the original game a million times and I you know I know it by heart and then I played Super C for the first time, time and I was like like what the hell like I'm struggling <laughs> to beat like the first level like what is this yeah and it's, it's just hard keeps like, I, getting I, the worse. first time and, like, I didn't the, get past the first level actually yeah and I mean the like the last level uh god damn it like that <laughs> I think like I have lost like a million lives during the, like in the last <laughs> level. It's just insane. 
Yeah, and if you had said that you beat a super contra without the the, the sheet code, I would have probably just scoffed at you. So I'm I'm glad that you're being very forthcoming. <laughs> yeah, you would have been like, yeah, insta life, masa, insta life. You gotta stream it. <laughs> <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so guys, uh, let's talk about the music because uh, the music in contra is awesome. What is your favorite track in contra? Well, considering that I've never gotten past the first level, it's definitely the first level music. Oh, that's best, amazing! Best song. Well, the, the jungle theme is one of the most iconic themes. I would say, to me, it's top five 8-bit songs, right up there with, like, the Super Mario Brothers theme, the level 1-1 one, one theme, and, mm-hmm. uh, you know, the Castlevania Vampire Killer theme. The jungle theme is just absolutely amazing. And, yeah, uh, it is, yeah. It's the one that everyone has listened to, because yeah. everyone has started the game a thousand <laughs> times. Um, <laughs> So, but the fun, the funny thing is that actually the later tracks are also just as good, and the uh, the stage two theme is very memorable. The one that you're playing in the bass, and you're kind of like doing this pseudo 3D kind yeah. of level where you're going from left to right, and uh, you're kind of advancing as you open up the gates, and uh, it's also a very memorable track. So I can still hear it, like in my yeah. head, I can play the whole thing. Yeah, yeah, me like too. Right, and I, right. I even hear like the um, special effects, like when you hit those blocks that you're supposed yes. to, you know, make blow up. Like <laughs> yeah. I hear the music and those special effects. <laughs> yeah, like right now we're talking about it, and just the music is playing in the back of my head. It's 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 that iconic. And uh, the soundtrack was actually composed by the same guys at Konami that did uh, Castlevania One, Castlevania Three, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, Life Force. So this was a, an excellent Konami sound team. So. It's it's very iconic, and the jungle theme is one of the very best. But since most people have not beaten Contra, they don't really know the later level music. So there you go. Um, the story of Contra is really not that important. You you know aliens are invading, you know, and you shoot them down, and you basically go all the way to the end. At the end, you fight some big alien monster. Um, I mean, I think that's pretty much it. Do you guys think that there's more that we had to say about that? <laughs> no, and frankly, there shouldn't be. It's, like it's that's just... that's all you need for this game. Absolutely. Yeah. As Massa would say, Massa Jarvin would say, shoot motherfuckers in the face. That's, yeah, that's all you need in life. That's pretty much it. And so, I mean, it, and that's, and that's, there's beauty to that simplicity, right? Like, it's, it's just a, like the experience is just enough on its own to keep you coming back over and over again. Yeah. yeah and, f- and for a kid, you didn't really need that much more. Yeah. It, it was just exactly what you needed. And it made you feel like a badass while still, you know, being very engaging and being simple enough where you could just pick it up and play it. So oh, yeah, can, one thing can... we need to mention, um, like we talked about the arcade version. Uh, if you guys want to check it out, it should be available uh, on the Xbox Live Store, at least for 360. I'm not sure about Xbox One, but yeah, it's available. Um, I there's, there's even a demo, and I played the demo, and yeah, oh. it does feel very different compared to the NES version, and um, and not in a good way. Yeah, I think it's worse, oh. actually. It, it yeah, plays yeah, a lot yeah. slower, and the sprites are larger, but there's kind of like this slowdown when you somersault, yeah, it's which very feels slow, very yeah. weird. Um, I just it, I didn't find it appealing at all. I mean, even though the graphics are much better, um, yeah. and the sound is much better, but I was like, you know what? I've, I've grown up with a Nintendo one. You know, I'm going to stick with it. <laughs> yeah, I think I'm fine and- with it. And one thing I will say, not as much for myself, but I could see if somebody was playing this when it came out, like if if all you've played up to this point before you play Contra is like Mario or Castlevania, something like that, this is like a punch to the face. Like this is 
so high octane, so like fast paced. Like it, 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 I could imagine it being like life changing. Like when you first sit down and play it. Absolutely. Well, it was life changing for me. I'll give you that. Yeah. Um, Paul, let me ask you: Did you ever play the arcade version in the actual arcades? Did you ever see a Contra cabinet? No, no, you'd expect me to say yes, because my answer is almost always yes to any question that involves the word arcade, <laughs> but uh, no, never played this one. Yeah, I, I don't feel like many people have. Uh, I, I think most people just remember the NES version, but the arcade cabinet, I, I've actually never seen it. I, I don't even know what it looks like, to be quite yeah, honest. Yeah, me neither. Yeah, so it's it's kind of weird. Uh, uh, we you should to... do a Google image yeah, search. I've seen pictures a, of it. Yeah, there's an interesting ad. Um. Oh, with the with the girl. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. Yes, where she's like dressed. I guess she's dressed in like what they thought a contra looked like. Yeah, um, exactly. But it's yeah. yeah, it's it's weird. Yeah. Well, I guess this is a good way to to mention that a fun fact is that the contra name was actually a reference to the contras of Nicaragua that were fighting against the socialist government and that they were funded by the CIA. So you know, this was Reagan, you know, era yeah. uh, USA. So of course, this was. Something that so, people knew about, and so whatever for whatever reason they called it Contra. <laughs> so, so fun, dude. Fact, that's the Japanese for you, man. Like yeah, '80s in Japan. But also fun fact on that fun fact that I that I learned through like watching videos for research for the episode. Apparently, it's the Konami. I guess has never confirmed or denied whether the name is a direct reference to uh, the actual Contras. But apparently, one of the tracks on the uh, Contra soundtrack is called Sandinista. Um, so coincidence, maybe? I don't know. I, I, I think it's not a coincidence. I think I no, think, it's I, no, I think really they not. definitely know what they're doing. Yeah. That's, that's too <laughs> random of a name. Contra otherwise with soldiers and the like. Uh, let's move on to Super Contra or Super C as it's called in the NES. Um, so, did you guys play this originally when it came out, Paul? No, and I'm going to tell you exactly why I didn't. It's a very sad story. Okay. I was I was gonna okay, so I was gonna get a game right. I went to the game store with my dad, and uh, I don't remember why. Uh, I think it might have been you know like I got a good report card or something like that. And, uh, and so we went to the store, and in the display case, there it was, Super C. And I was like, please, 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 I want that game. It was $64.99. And my dad was like, no, we're not going above 60 oh. And I'm like, dad, come on, come on, come on, it's just $5, it's just $5. And my dad's like, no, you're lucky I don't slap you right now. <laughs> Pick a game that's under 60 bucks, you ungrateful child. And he was yeah. right. Yeah. <laughs> so what do you and pick so, instead? Blaze of Steel? Pardon? Did you pick instead Blaze of Steel or something? No, I had a buddy who had Blades of Steel. And we had sort of this unwritten rule in the, in the little school community that you don't get a game that somebody else already has. Of course. Because we Absolutely. all traded games with each other, right? Yep. And, uh, and like, and I, I kind of panicked, right? Like, I didn't know what I wanted because I wanted Super C, right? And, uh, and so Cobra Triangle 
was fifty nine ninety nine. Oh god! And oh, so instead of Super C, I went home with Cobra Triangle. And to be fair, Cobra Triangle was actually pretty good. I enjoyed it. You know, made by Rare. Uh, it has it has pedigree. But I mean, let's be honest. It's not. It super was contra. not. It wasn't Super Contra. Yep. And uh, not. yeah, I finally I finally did get. Super Contra to correct this monumental error from many years ago. <laughs> I got it a couple of years ago and played it, and it was very, very satisfying, and the world felt right again. Yeah, yeah. You, you basically it was decades in the making, Paul. Yeah, it really was. It was it was quite the payoff. Yeah. Well, it's it's, I, it's interesting for me because I actually did not. I wasn't clear on whether Super C because it was called Super C on the NES. Uh-huh. I wasn't clear whether it was a sequel or not to Contra. And so I had heard about it, but I was like, is that related to Contra? Is it, it looks like it, fairly so. And it wasn't until I went to a Goodwill once, and uh, when I, I went there, there was actually a copy of Super C. And uh, I got it for, I think, five bucks. Ooh. And, uh, you know, I, I, I realized that I played it, and I was like, oh my god, this is the Contra sequel I never played. And so at, <laughs> at that point, it's like everything just completely opened up for me. It was like, oh my god, there's this other world be- beyond the original Contra out there. Yeah. Um, so yeah, that's that's my experience with Contra. What were you going to say, Arnie? Oh, I was just going to say that I also had a sad story of why I didn't play Super Contra on release. It was because I was not born. <laughs> um, <laughs> so sad. So, uh, yeah, and so unfortunately, should, you, I didn't have that opportunity. You should take your mother to task for that. You know, you should be like, Mom, you know, you should have been playing this while I was in the womb. Um, <laughs> get my training in. Uh, Masa, like, I, I, I figure that you didn't have like a cart with Super C. You know, no. so did, did you remember I actually, playing this? Actually, like, to be honest, I didn't even know about Super C until, you know, like a few years ago, like when I like actually like bought the game. I somehow went straight from Contra to um, Super or, well, not like Contra 3, and I don't know, like I went from 1 to 3, but I, for whatever reason, I never even, you know, wondered, you know, what happened to 2. Yeah, so. exactly. <laughs> um, was this, what was this called in Europe? Was it Super Probotector? Was it Probotector 2? Um, uh, it was... Uh, wait, it's Forces of Evil or something, Yeah, I it was oh. a long name. It was a long name. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but it was like the return of Fortress of Evil or some some weird stuff like that. Oh, um, wow. They just but, refused to put the number two on this box. They were like, absolutely not. <laughs> no, 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 no. I don't know why. And, you know, for a kid, if you don't see number two, you're like, oh, it's not related at all. Yeah. Uh, so, I don't know. Um, but just to take a step back, Super Contra was released in the arcades in 1988 as Super Contra and then released uh, Super C on the NES two years later in 1990. And uh, another reason that might explain why this game is not as popular is because it, it was at the tail end of the NES lifespan. So 1990, people were gearing up for the yeah. the Super NES, and the Genesis was already out, and uh, you already had the Turbo Graphics. So this was a late release for the NES. So I think people were just like, you know, I'm moving on. You know, I'm ready for the next big thing. And so Super C was one of those games that just kind of got lost in the shuffle. So. It has similar differences between the arcade and NES version in terms of graphics and music. Uh, but again, it's mostly better known for the NES version. And uh, as, as far as I could tell, it was largely developed by the same team, uh, particularly for the NES version, which is virtually the same. Uh, plays mostly the same as the earlier Contra, but I don't know, it feels so much harder, guys. I don't know if you guys feel the same <laughs> way about that. At least to me, it feels like a much harder game. It's definitely more difficult. It's, it's a harder game. Absolutely, yeah. 
I mean, do you do you think there's a reason for that? Would that have been done for replay value or? I oh yeah, yeah for sure, could, man. I mean, maybe the rental market. Um, I know that that was big for Japanese developers uh, in the West. They were like, you know, if people are going to be renting games. We got to make sure that they can't beat these games, so they either buy it or they rent it again. Um, yep. And yeah, you have to remember brutal. that, like, these games are very short. Like, if you are really good at it, yeah. you can beat them, you know, like, let's say under 40 minutes. So they are very short. Maybe so that's even why, less. I mean, Maybe they just 30. have. Yeah, I mean, yeah. they have to be difficult so that people won't be like, well, like, kids, you know, luckier than Paul, who, you know, got those, like, $65 uh, I hate all. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so that they wouldn't just, you know, you know, play through the game in an hour and then it's like, okay, so what now? I need yeah. another like $65 game. Yeah. Well, this game also introduced, like, there were these slopes, you know, in the in the levels that were very asymmetrical, so it was difficult to shoot some enemies. So it just introduced this level mechanics that were not very intuitive. Um, it, it also, I mean, it plays pretty similar to the earlier Contra, except for one big difference. And that's that it now has its overhead levels um, that play like Commando, Ikari Warriors, Guerrilla Wars. So this was a, a genre that was very popular at the time. And it just kind of makes us up the regular left to right um, 2D levels with the overhead, you know, kind of pseudo 3D levels. Mm-hmm. What, what were your thoughts on these levels? Because I was not a fan. Not uh, really a fan either. Yeah. I mean, the core gameplay has always been side-scrolling. Um yeah, I don't really have very much to add on that. Like, the first time I saw the overhead, and we'll, I know we'll get to Contra 3 eventually, but that's the first time I saw it, because I yeah. didn't play Super C as a kid. Um, yeah, I, I could do without the overhead. Yeah, I was I, the only thing I was going to say is that, not a fan, um, but especially it, it's especially egregious because they did it so much better in Contra 3 on the Super Nintendo because they had the advantage of having the shoulder buttons to turn. Um, yes. Okay, I have, to, I have to disagree here. I'm going to disagree yeah, on that. <laughs> yeah, because like, I was just about to say that I actually, um, back in the day, I mean, I loved Ikari Warriors and that kind of games, and, you know, when I played Super C for the first time, and, you know, I got, got to the first overhead level, I was like, whoa, this is really cool. And... I feel like it's actually, like, those levels are way better than, for example, Ikari Warriors. Mm-hmm. But then you get to the Super Nintendo game, and where you actually, like, have to move the states. Um, that it's I feel like horrible. at all. It's horrible. Yeah, I like, that, like that's why I haven't, terrible. I have not beaten Contra 3, because I just <laughs> hate those levels with, with passion. I kind of dig it. I, I it, it was gimmicky as hell, for sure. Like, it was all, here's mode 7, let's, like, shove it in there. I don't Arnie, know. I want you I to go back and works. play this after the episode. I want you to go back and tell me with a straight face that you like it. <laughs> well, first of all, I'd have to like make it to that level, and that's not going to happen. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, I was not a fan of this of these levels, but it, it, you know, I, I think it was better than the Contra Three overhead levels, and uh, because okay. it's, it still play like Commando and Ikari Warriors, and, and I actually really like those games. Um, but it, it started this foray of Contra into having this kind of pseudo 3 3d levels which i don't know i feel like as paul said contra has always been that kind of left to right you know bottom to top you mm-hmm. know side scrolling um and it just always feels like that's kind of like the biggest weakness of every contra that tries to do something different i mean am i am i off base here nope no it it was always strange to me 
um, that they didn't try to do the the like for the for the different levels they were doing why they didn't use the same ones they had put in the original Contra because those are really fun um, like the ones where you're sort of behind the back and yeah. have to clear out the room to progress but you were I still just moving were, left to right yeah you know so it was still very much 2D yeah so I I didn't understand why they didn't sort of like make a whole new set of those kinds of levels for Super C instead of trying the sort of overhead perspective. Well, I give them points for trying. I mean, I developers at the time were just trying to do new things and yeah. trying to advance the medium. So I definitely give them points for trying. I just don't think that Contra is meant to be that, um, to be honest. Um, all right, guys. So let's let's talk about Contra 3, the Alien Wars. And this is the big badass Contra. Um any memories of this game off the top of your head, Masa? Um, sadly, I had to play the European version of the game. So, <laughs> so you're 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 talking Probotector three, yeah, um, exactly. Robots, yeah. you know, in Uprising or something. <laughs> yeah, something like that. Um, but yeah, it was definitely like I mean, you know, outside of those overhead levels, it really felt like i mean a lot of things on super nintendo they felt like it really like the jump from the nes to super nintendo i mean it felt so huge with a lot of games like they like a lot of games had super in their name and it really felt like that and okay so yeah contra 3 um okay so it, it's not called you know super contra because i mean we had super c but still, mm-hmm. it really felt like the next level Contra game. And like the graphics, um, you know, being able to have like two weapons at the, at the same time, um, like the bomb that's get, that can be like um, clear the screen, um, you know, being able to, you know, grab onto things. Like the level design really, um, like they really took everything to the next level. It, it felt like Contra, like the first Contra, but like on steroids, basically. Yeah, yeah. I mean, they improved it in every way. Um, Paul, did you play this originally when it came out? Uh, when it, it depends how you look at it. Like, I didn't play it on release date, but I definitely played it when I was a kid. I I had it as well. Because um, I eventually, like, I started with a Genesis, but I eventually did get the Super NES. I traded in the Genesis when Street Fighter Two came out, <laughs> and uh, and the first two games on the list were Castlevania and Contra Three. After, you know, because you can't just play Street Fighter 2. I mean, mm-hmm. you kind of could, but anyway. <laughs> um, yeah, and, and Castlevania 4 and Contra 3 were the first games on the list. And Contra 3 was awesome. Like, dude, at the I remember at the time, the Super NES, it didn't... It was all about the high end. Like, it, there weren't that many games for it in the first couple of years. But the high end was unassailable. And Contra 3 was like right up there. Like it it was it was so good. The graphics were so good. The set pieces. Like I had never seen a game like that that had those kind of set pieces before. You know, the levels where you're hanging off of things and shooting, or the levels where you're climbing up walls and fighting a boss at the same time. That was unheard of. It was incredible. Absolutely. Oh yeah, the boss fights, like I had never seen a game like before that like with like such huge and like gorgeously like gorgeous um, bosses. Like I- I'm sure that most people remember the first time they play uh, Contra Tree, and then you meet like the the huge like turtle, turtle alien boss. Yeah, 
Yeah, that's that was so impressive. insane. It's kind of like in Ocarina of Time, uh, you meet the first real boss, and it's like, whoa, like that thing is huge. Yeah, and you yeah, also no, had the was, robot boss awesome. that broke that broke through the screen. That robot yep. boss was so cool, and you could actually like climb all across the room. Um, it, it just felt amazing, and it really, as Paul said, it felt like there were all the set pieces that were so memorable that it was meant to be an action movie in every way, and it's just balls to the wall action. Yep. So, Ar- Arnie, when did you play Contra Three? Um, so I was alive when Contra 3 came out. Good, but you were just <laughs> one, so probably. Yes. So step one had been completed. I had come into existence. Good. Um, so Contra 3, I played... I definitely didn't have it when I had my Super Nintendo, which is a crying shame. Um, much like Contra... I think I actually did play this before I played the original Contra, though. Um, so, you know, within the last 10 to 15 years of my life, probably. Um... But, you know, when we're talking about memories, like this to me, and this and one of the ones we're going to talk about pretty soon, like, in terms of aesthetic, are my favorite Contra games. This is like the style that I associate Contra with. You know, giant bosses, gorgeous sprite work, um, awesome, like, balls-to-the-wall action, uh, hanging off of missiles and shooting dudes in the face, like... What more can you it's, ask? It's for? madness. It's yeah, fantastic. Yeah. Well, and it's a game that, for the most part, has kind of, you know, really aged well. Besides the top level mode seven, you mm. know, levels, those just suck. Um, those are great. But, and we may disagree, Arnie. But you know, that's that's Masa and my opinion. <laughs> so, yeah. Oh, and uh, I will say, hell yeah. Um, the my other man. thing that I really like about this one. Um, and I've heard and I've heard this before, so I'm interested to see what you guys think. But people seem to consider this one as the, I guess, the most fair Contra in terms of difficulty. Not as hard as Super C, still not easy, um, but more manageable. I agree. I, 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 you know, the, the thing with this game, though, is that there's so much happening on screen that sometimes you don't even know where you're getting hit from. Yeah, um, and it happened to me a few times last night when I was playing, and I was just like, well, "How did I die? When did yeah, I die?" That's exactly what I was talking about before. Yeah, so I mean, and but you know, we should also mention that this game introduced difficulty levels. So if oh, you wanted it? to see it through the end, you would just put the Konami code, put it on easy, and then call it a day. Um, so Arnie, I think that that's what you should do you know, after this episode. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, I mean, it was a refinement in every way of the original Contra. It was really, as Masa calls it, super. Like, everything that you did before in Contra now was, like, kicked up to 11. And uh, there was more interaction with the stages. They were, like, you know, rotating, like, platforms. You could jump on monkey bars. It added vehicles. And it added uh, um, the hover bike sections, which I love. I love the hover bikes. So you guys remember that? Oh, yeah. Yes. Yep. Yeah. It was, it was super awesome. And also, the other thing you could do is you could switch between weapons. So people tend to forget that, but you could actually have two mm-hmm. weapons in, in, in Contra 3. So I don't know. I mean, I, I think it's a, it's a lovely, lovely game, and it was a perfect powerhouse for the Super Nintendo at the time. Yeah. Together with Castlevania Forest, as Paul mentioned. Um, so I don't know. I, I, I love this game. It's super fun. It's super action-packed. Um, the music is also great, um, and it has a very aggressive kind of prog rock-inspired soundtrack. Um, mm. I have it on vinyl, and it's not a, a soundtrack that I can necessarily listen to on its own 
because it feels so tied to the game that it's part of and the shooting and the explosions and the like. But it's actually a very, very nice soundtrack. It's, it's a really cool soundtrack. Do you guys have any memories of it? Do you find it as memorable as the original Contra? Uh, I mean, the short answer is no. It's not as memorable as the original Contra, but that's only because the original Contra is what it is, right? Mm-hmm. But the soundtrack's excellent. It's perfectly suitable to the game. Um, but if you asked me to kind of hum any of the tunes from it off the top of my head, I don't think I'd be able to remember that. Yeah, I'm struggling to remember exactly what some of them sound like, even though I know that they're great. Um, it's just not coming to mind. It doesn't feel like... I, like... Can, I think I can get the first level um, <laughs> if you ask me to hum it, and I won't, because that's just <laughs> that's bad podcasting. But... Yeah. <laughs> but uh, Our transition music will just be you trying to hum. The, uh... <laughs> As we lose subscribers. <laughs> yes, just we can see it counting down. Um, it was also uh, ported to the Game Boy contemporaneously. Did you guys ever play the Game Boy version? Okay. Actually, yeah. So I wanted to talk about this really quick because I did not know that there was a, a original Game Boy Contra game and I saw footage of this and I was like, this looks amazing. I, I need to play this now. There are actually two original Game Boy Contra games. I, yes. Um, yeah, like I didn't know like I didn't know that there was a port um, of Contra 3 but well, yeah, maybe we should talk about Operation C. Yeah, let's do it. Because that's actually... Um, also a game that I didn't play as a kid, um, but I got it like a few years ago, and to be honest, I was like shocked at like how good that game is, especially for a um, game, uh, game Boy game. And yeah. I gotta say, it's first of all, it's very difficult. It's uh, clearly influenced by um, Super C, um, when it comes to difficulty, and also um, it has, uh, I believe, five stages, and then like uh, stages two and four are like overhead ones. Um, the cool thing about that game is that you actually don't even have a machine gun. Like you, like your your default gun has like auto fire. Yeah. And then um, even better, you get a spread gun, but you can upgrade your spread gun. Like from from a three way shot to a five way one, and even better. And this is something that you know they didn't have in um, Super C or Contra. But there's a there's a homing gun with like homing um, bullets, and that's yep. that was like the the moment I got that that was like holy crap! Like this might actually be my new favorite Contra weapon. <laughs> Yeah, it's, but yeah, it's the, the game impressive. gets ridiculously difficult. Like by the end, like the last stage is just brutal. Well, on top of that, you only you only play single player because it was on the Game Boy. So yeah, yeah. Because of that, you don't have the second person to like kind of cover you and and give you a hand. So it's it's a difficult game. And also, the game doesn't. I mean, I understand that it's due to like hardware limitations, but when it comes to enemies, uh, the game definitely has less enemies on the screen as compared to the actual like console games. Well, but it's also funny that it's a, it's a very graphically impressive game for the game. Yeah, board. it is. Yeah, like you. I mean, it really it. does look. I mean, it really does look like um, a you know, like Game Boy version of like the you know first two Contra games. It doesn't look. I mean, of course, you don't have the colors, but the sprites look pretty much the same. Yeah, they're, they're they're chunky and the like. You know, they yeah. feel like full. And if you compare it to like Castlevania Adventure, which came out two years 
earlier on the Game Boy, it's just a massive leap forward. It felt like the developers were really coming to terms with the hardware. Yeah. Actually, Masa, if you own the Game Boy cartridge, and I'm pretty sure it's Operation C, it might be both of them, but if you do, if you uh, play it on the Super Game Boy, uh, you, you have the option of adding some color palettes to yeah, the game. Yeah. So you can do that. Well, one of the things cool. that I wanted to mention, fun fact... Uh, Operation C was actually programmed by the same guy that directed Castlevania, Rondo of Blood, and then later on went to program Symphony of the Night. So the game had you know someone in the background that ended up being quite important in Konami. So Rondo of Blood, one of the best 2D Castlevanias, for some the best 2D Castlevania. Um, so the game had some pedigree. So it was actually done yeah. by Konami's you know good you know talented folk. There were so many talented yeah. people in Konami at the time. So yeah. It's, yeah, it's just amazing. Um, and that's one of the things that I realized about Contra. There's there are so many ties to like Castlevania, funnily enough, because it seems like they were the two big Konami uh, series at the time. Yeah, and it, it seems like there's a lot of cross pollination between Castlevania and Contra and the developers. Um, so, and it's funny that those are two series that are now dead, uh, unfortunately. <laughs> um, um, did you? So, I I know you played Operation C, right, Paul? Um, did you play it when you were a kid? Yeah, when I was a kid. Um, How was that? It was good. Like, I didn't own it. it I borrowed it from a friend, mm-hmm. and uh, yeah, it was it was really good. I mean, I don't. The problem is that it's a single-player Game Boy game, and there were yeah. a lot of those that I played back then, just from trading with friends and so on. So I just remember it being good, but it was a long time ago. It didn't, it didn't uh, kind of burn into my brain like the other ones did. Gotcha. Yeah, and you burned, you know, you didn't burn into your brain, but it did burn some batteries, the six batteries <laughs> you needed to use for the original Game Boy. Uh, so, uh, fun fact before we go uh, away from Contra 3, um, a lot of the guys, some of the guys that worked on Contra 3, uh, they ended up going uh, to form Treasure. Um, so, Treasure, the game developer, they went on to appropriately form uh, Treasure, and then they made uh, Gunstar Heroes, which uh, was very much an evolution of Contra in many ways. Um, so, Misuru Jida and Hideyuki Suganami. Those were two big um, treasure guys, and they uh, cut their teeth on Contra 3. So you could definitely see like the through line of evolution between Contra 3 and Gunstar Heroes. And Gunstar is one of my favorite games of all time. Um, to me, it's the best Contra game of all time. Uh, but you know, we might disagree on that. But I, I love Contra, <laughs> so I'm not gonna <laughs> I'm not gonna push that too much. But uh, yeah, I mean, there was a, a clear, you know, evolution between Contra 3 and Gunstar Heroes. So uh, just a, a fun little fact. So moving on, we're going to go into Contra Hardcore. So confession, I've never played this game. Um, So this is one of the Contra games that just has kind of passed me by. And Contra Hardcore is the first Contra ever released for a Sega system. And uh, Konami had a habit in in the 16-bit era of releasing games that 
uh, were released on other platforms but felt completely different on the Genesis. So this happened with Castlevania yeah. uh, and Bloodlines, and it happened with Rock and Knight. It was basically like it wasn't a port. It was just an entirely different playing game. Um, so tell me some of your memories about Hardcore. Did you play it, Paul? Because I know you were a Genesis guy back in the day. Yeah, I did. Um, I played it. I mean, this was after after I uh, traded in my Genesis, but uh, my sister had a Genesis. And uh, when I went to go visit her uh, for a weekend, um, my brother-in-law had rented Soldiers of Fortune and Contra Hardcore. And we played we played both of those games like all night one night <laughs> and uh and contra dude contra hardcore like people will disagree and that's great but i think contra hardcore honestly is like is the definitive contra experience um you think so if you if you haven't played it you're doing yourself a disservice it's amazing it takes contra 3 honestly and it improves on it in just about every way, except for like, except for sound, because you know the Genesis hardware. If you're not using Koshiro, you're having a hard time with yeah. the uh, with the Genesis sound hardware. Um, but it really did. Like, it took everything from Contra Three that was already at eleven, and and turned it up even a notch over that. And it had multiple endings. It has branching paths. Um, it even has. Uh, there's an arena level where you fight these bosses in an arena and the first one is like a castlevania style boss and there's a vampire killer remix playing as you yeah. fight him yeah and uh yeah it's it's really really good i can't say it enough well the reason why i haven't played it yet is because i want to play it on the original hardware and uh, it's one of those pricey games like uh absolutely those konami games uh castlevania bloodlines i have but it's loose and uh and contra hardcore but contra hardcore i really want to get it cib i really want to get it with a box and everything and uh you know the us one because uh the japanese version is actually super expensive um because it was actually easier um and it has like a really really cool box art like an anime style box art um cool. but it's super expensive we're talking about 400 bucks or something oh wow. um like like really up there like you know panzer dragoon saga levels of expensive um so but uh, you know i just want to play it in the original hardware and it's just it's a little bit pricey it's like about 70 to 80 dollars um, yeah. which you know you can do but it, it has to be like a commitment like i really really want to commit to this um, yeah but it's it's an amazing game but yeah like that's what happened to me like when i got back into retro gaming and i was like uh you know buying contra and super c and then i was like oh yeah there was a you know mega drive or genesis um contra game yeah that and then i you know watched videos and i was like holy crap that looks that looks like the most awesome co contra game ever but then you know i went on ebay and i was like <laughs> uh yeah nope <laughs> <laughs> Let's forget about that game. It never existed to me. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. Uh, Arnie, did you play Contra Hardcore? So, my here's the thing: is that I've I've not played Contra Hardcore. I've watched multiple playthroughs of it, and somehow, even though I've never played it, it's my favorite Contra game. It just like it looks so fucking cool, and. Yep. I want to play it, but I haven't been able to yet. And the same thing, it's sort of similar. I'm glad that you mentioned it because I was going to say, Konami just has this thing of like taking these series and putting one game on the Genesis and it being like the coolest looking thing ever. 
um, like Castlevania Bloodlines and like Rocket Knight. Those games, all, all three of these look amazing. Um, so no, I haven't played it, but I know enough about it from watching other people play it. Um, and I, I, I love it. It looks great. Um, the the aesthetics are completely different, even from Contra Three. Yeah, the same thing happens with Castlevania. It feels like more colorful in mm-hmm. a way, even though it's darker. Um, and it just feels like the the colors are much more saturated in a way. In, in the only way that the Genesis could do, um, I feel like the Genesis could do really deep, vibrant colors very well. And uh, of course, you know, because of the soundtrack has a synth kind of sound it just it just feels completely different it feels like a like a very different contra even though it plays very similarly um, absolutely and you even have these levels where you're on this bike and you're like going like in front of the screen and you're like in a highway and stuff like that <laughs> and, and it, it's just this again massive set pieces that just kind of you know make you feel like you're in an adrenaline pumping action movie um yeah. so yeah paul i mean i i feel terrible that i haven't gotten around to playing it but this this is also another game that hasn't even gotten re-released um, on like digital uh, stores um, because you know Contra Three was released on the SNES Classic and the like, but Contra Hardcore has just kind of been forgotten. And even in um uh, in like the Genesis collections that have recently come out, uh, Contra Hardcore and Castlevania Bloodlines are not included, which I feel like is a big miss because those are crime. two of the best Genesis games ever made. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I, I feel like so you know I, I looked at some I did some digging uh, with respect to Contra Hardcore and surprisingly there are some interviews with the developers that originally made it and uh, it was literally a team that it was the same team that did Contra 3 um, but you know they just wanted to make the game that they wanted to play and they just like threw everything at the wall so literally it was the game that they wanted Contra 3 to be even though Contra 3 was great and so they said that they aspired to make a game that you could play over and over. And that's why there are branching stages. So that was a big feature of the game. And so you had yeah. four characters and the four characters kind of played a little bit different. But the tone of the game kind of changed with each character. I know there was a, a like a, a wolf, you know, werewolf type character, which was weird as hell. Um, and there was a robot type character. Um, the, the aesthetics of the game, kind of like Castlevania Bloodlines, um, was bizarre, really. It felt very gross, like gross out and... The team actually said that they went to like a museum of parasites in order to like do the concept art for the game because Fantastic. they just wanted to do some really gross stuff. Um, so it's just kind of weird and 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 you know just out there and bizarre. Um, but Contra Hardcore, uh, you know, as befits the name, is generally recognized as being the most brutally difficult Contra of all time. Um, do you guys agree with that? Yeah, yeah. I I remember playing it that night and oh my freaking god, it was hard, man. Like it's it's so weird these days because you watch people playing these games on YouTube. Yeah. And they and all make it seem so easy. So easy. <laughs> yeah. And then you play them and you're like, "What's wrong with me? Am I damaged? Like it looked so easy <laughs> in the video." And Absolutely. yeah, it, but and contra hardcore, like that phenomenon especially for this game cuz like you know, I'm watching the gameplay video because I wanted to see the endings, right? There's an ending, dude. There's an ending where you go back in time and marry a monkey. <laughs> Are you serious? I'm serious. This game's the best. <laughs> oh, that's it. <laughs> is that the true ending? That is awesome. Or the good ending? Uh, I wouldn't call it... Well, 
most people wouldn't call it the good ending. Personally, I think it's <laughs> the good the ending. <laughs> that's worth 80 bucks right there. <laughs> yeah, so multiple endings, I mean, that's something that not many games back in the day had. So the fact that Contra Hardcore had it, I mean, it, it really made it stand out. But I feel like most people didn't know that because most people didn't beat it. So it's it's like, yeah. well, there are multiple endings, but you're never going to see any of them. So uh, <laughs> uh, I actually went back and looked at some of the reviews, like the contemporary reviews, and uh, I actually read them. And, and just side note, it's just funny to go back to reviews from the early 90s and oh, see how, oh, man. how fluffy they were. Um, they were meant for like 10 year olds, honestly. It's, oh, dude. It, Game Pro Magazine never saw a game they didn't like. Oh, yeah. It's like, <laughs> oh, this game is very cool, you know, or like, yeah, it's a very badass, you know, look, uh, or something like that. It really does feel like, you know, just not really any type of actual journalism is going on over here. It's just, they're just trying to sell <laughs> yeah. you a, a toy, basically. Um, but no, I mean, AGM, you know, they had the four reviewers. Um, and so they gave it an eight, seven, seven, and seven, and they all mentioned the difficulty. And I'm like, well, you know, if you're playing a Contra game, you're coming at it because of the difficulty. Like that's yeah, part of the Yeah, I was just about to feature. say, like, I understand that you know this game is really hard, but it's not like any of the other games were easy. Like this is not, you know, we're not treading new ground on this one. Yeah. Well, you know, and it's like people say nowadays, just get good, you know, just, you just got to get good. Um, but yeah, I mean, it was it was funny to go back there and see that, you know, they were all like just hitting the game because of the difficulty. And I was like, yeah. well, you know, it's part Would of you it. happen to know if uh, if the Konami code works on this one as well? I do not know. And I would be interested uh, in knowing because either. you have the Genesis controller. I was going to say that'd be interesting. Yeah, I don't I don't know. Um the soundtrack, as Paul mentioned, it sounds very different because it's a synth-based soundtrack, you know, using the Yamaha soundchip for the uh, Genesis. You know, the, the, this Yamaha soundchip has a lot of proponents and people that support it. I, I think it's inferior in terms of the soundtrack to Castlevania 3, but it does have some, some really cool facts. It was actually composed by Mishiro Yamane, who went on to compose um, Symphony of the Night, actually, yep. uh, later on. And uh, it was actually the first credit that Akira Yamaoka, not the first credit, but one of the early credits of Akira Yamaoka, who would later compose the Silent Hill games. So um, kind of some pedigree here where people, you know, that would later on go on to do great things kind of cut their teeth here. Um, I guess, you know, before I leave Contra Hardcore, I just want to leave you guys with a, a quote from uh, Nakasato, who was the director of Contra 3 and Contra Hardcore. And he said, our team didn't make this game for money or for glory. No, it's the burning passion each of us feels for Contra that has kept yes. us coming along. <laughs> so I read that and I was like, oh my God, you know, it really does feel like this game was the one that they wanted to make all along and they were really just passionate about it. It almost feels like Konami just like let them do their own thing and they were just like, whatever, just just pump out a game, you know, so well, that we can make some maybe, money. Maybe that was part of it, you know, maybe they were just like, this isn't going to be on the Nintendo console. So let's, you know, just just freestyle it. Just give me something new. Yeah, so let's just put a dog in there. Let's put yeah, a, a robot in a there. Let's just branching paths. It almost feels like let's just throw everything and yeah. see what sticks. So it's it's just awesome. So, yeah, I, I got to play it, Paul. Contra Hardcore. It's on my list. It's on the big backlog. Yep. But it's, it's very much near the top of the backlog. So if that matters. Um, all right. So let's enter the Dark Ages, guys. I... I unfortunately we have to <laughs> we have to enter the low point of Contra 
Um, so just to give you a little bit of background to set the stage, after the release of Contra Hardcore, which was perhaps, you know, the apotheosis of Contra, um, we entered the 3D era. And uh, this is when Konami was just trying to do new things with uh, its properties uh, going into 3D. And um, Sony, if you guys are aware, they did not like 2D games going on their PS1. And so a lot of properties had to transition into 3D. And, you know, this was not a very good thing for some franchises like Castlevania and Contra. So Konami outsourced their development to Appaloosa Interactive, who are better known for developing Echo the Dolphin, which is a game I freaking hate. Um, <laughs> and uh, yeah, it just it didn't turn out well at all. And meanwhile, the hardcore team went on to do Vandal Hearts and Symphony of the Night, which were absolutely great games. So yeah. um, they ended up, you know, doing great things. Meanwhile, we were stuck with Appaloosa Interactive, <laughs> you know, these Hungarian developers that had never touched a Contra game before. Um, so that led to the release of Contra Legacy of War on the PS1. Do you guys have any memories of this game? Hopefully not. I mean, yeah, I do. <laughs> yeah, Go I on, remember, Paul. dude. I, I don't... Did I actually play it? I don't think I played it. Was it a fever I dream? What's that? Was it a fever dream? Nightmare, dude. <laughs> <laughs> um, no, like, I remember seeing that there's a new Contra game coming to the PlayStation, and I saw a gameplay video of it. I worked at a store at the time, and, uh, and I was like, this isn't Contra, and then I never <laughs> played it. <laughs> and I'm very happy with that. Well, it, it was a it was a 3D game, but it was a 360 degree shooter, you know, almost like Robotron, but there was no analog yeah. support. Um, and it's funny because I, I I went back to some of the magazines, you know, to see what they were talking about, and like I went to back to Game Pro, I went back to EGM, and they were kind of like hyped for it. It was like, oh, like Contra's, you know, finally coming to 3D, and it has great graphics, like fully polygonal. And I'm like, was that a God. thing that people wanted? Like, yeah, I guess so. <laughs> I, I guess so. People didn't uh, know what they wanted. They, they were just, just like, give me chunky blocks of polygons <laughs> any day over beautiful 2D sprites. I was just like, I'm trying to picture somebody like sitting in, playing like any Contra game before this and being like, yeah, this is pretty good, but uh, 3D is is what would really put this <laughs> over the top for me. That's that's kind of what I'm looking at right now. Well, it's interesting because, like I said, like I went back to the magazines and they were all hyped. And then the day of release came and it's like it disappeared. Like EGM <laughs> did not talk about it anymore. It, it didn't even, you know, it, it, I don't know if they even reviewed it. And it was just like it just completely went into the ether, just into oblivion. Um, and with good cause because it was a horrible, horrible game. Um, so the funny thing is it, it, your character, you're in 3D, but your character is a sprite. So it just feels weird, and it almost feels like you're like leaning, like your character is leaning all the time. So it's almost like it's doing the Michael Jackson lean, or as if it's like tattooed on the floor. So it's it's just a weird feeling game, and it just feels absolutely terrible. I I, I don't know. I I you know I I hate the fact that Contra went into this because it just kind of stained the good name of Contra, and it almost didn't recover, to be honest. So I don't uh, think it ever. I don't I, think I don't, it ever has but, recovered. But yeah, I know that Ozzy will hate me for this, but like, today I was watching um, videos of Legacy of War on YouTube, and I was like, wait, what is this? It's, it looks so weird, because it's like, yeah, you have the 2D sprite, basically, and then like a 3D environment, and I was like, oh yeah, this is kind of like Octopath Traveler. <laughs> <laughs> Damn you! 
<laughs> Damn you, Masa. Yeah, no, it's it just feels very weird. Uh, the game came actually with 3D glasses, uh, the kind of red and blue type yeah. glasses that yeah. were yeah. kind of the like, fad back in the day. <laughs> yeah. So it, it also had mini games. So it had like this this mini games. Like you play one of the jungle levels, and in the middle of the jungle, there are like these two arcade machines. And uh, yeah, um, it's it's two mini games. One of them is like a Battle City oh. Pac Man kind of mashup, and the other one is like a Tempest like shmup in which you pilot a spaceship. Dude, um, it's so unbelievable. I guess this is the most, what? It's it's unbelievable that you're playing a Contra game. Okay, first of all, it's ridiculous that you're in the middle of a jungle and you find two arcade cabinets, right? Oh yeah, <laughs> that's that that's ridiculous in and of itself. It's not even and there's like city levels, right? Yeah, yeah, you know where it would make more sense, but okay, cool. We have arcade cabinets in the middle of the jungle. That's fine. I can I can get over that. What I can't get over is that the arcade games that you play in the Contra game are not fucking Contra games. <laughs> I love that this is your line in the sand. Like, <laughs> well, dude, like I I'm, I'm watching I'm watching the gameplay video, and the dude walks up to the arcade machine, and then he starts playing this like. This ridiculous 3D, and of course it fucking had to be 3D, right? Yeah. Absolutely. And he's playing this like ridiculous 3D space kind of shooting thing. I don't know what's going on. All I know is that at that moment when he walked up, when he walked up to that arcade machine, I thought, "Oh, cool, a Contra arcade game in the Contra game." Yeah, like an Easter. Because egg. that's that's the natural thing one would think. <laughs> and then instead, he plays this in, dude. How how can you make a Pac-Man game that's worse than Pac-Man? <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, imagine like imagine if you would have been able to play like Contra or Super C in that game. Like I mean, no one would have actually touched the normal game. They would have just you know played until the jungle stage and then you know played the real Contra games. Yeah, probably. And and <laughs> maybe that was part of it, eh? Maybe they were making the game and they were like, "Wow, this game's so bad. We can't include the originals." Uh, well, or maybe it was like, this great. game is so bad that we had to put in two arcade games to hopefully, like, you know, wash away the we bad of playing Legacy of War. <laughs> oh, no. man. It's Except like, that those you know two how, arcade uh, games. You know how, because um, you were talking, we, we talked about this before, Paul, um, on the Saturn, where, like, they had that little mini game, is that Battle Tank, is that what it's called? Death Tank, yeah. Death Tank. This was going to be their Death Tank. Like, this is the thing. We're going to put this like game in here people are gonna love it except it was fucking opposite of death tank <laughs> opposite <laughs> well you know i mean apalooza was certainly trying i i almost feel bad for them not really but i almost do um they, they were certainly trying like there's like a jungle like a like a boat level um there is a level where you're falling and you have to like move in like every direction like in 360 directions like you could definitely tell that they had some cool ideas that they were trying to implement it's just it was the very early days of 3d where it just you know, 3D games just did not work well. Like, this is a game that if you go back to it nowadays, you know, like, it was bad back in the day. Nowadays, it's nearly unplayable. So, yeah. I, I I don't know. I mean, and, and as you said, Paul, you know, maybe Contra didn't recover. You know? maybe I don't, maybe I don't this... think it ever did. Like, and I, can, and I can forgive the developer for being, you know, inexperienced with new hardware, with, you know, with the whole 3D thing. People were all still trying to figure out at that time. And that's cool. But, like, the fact that the final boss is named Colonel Basad, which is just a shitty anagram for badass. Okay, like, we don't we don't need polygons for that, right? Like, 
come up with something better, guys. Yeah. God yeah. damn it. And the the final boss is actually a big planet, basically. Um, so it plays kind of like Mario Galaxy, like you have like the moon levels and stuff like that. But I must imagine, cool idea, terrible execution. Um, this game also, I, I we need to mention it, guys. Uh, yes. It has one of the most ridiculous voiceovers ever, um, because in one level you actually enter the mind of the the the, the big badass boss, and you had to break out of it. And before Colonel you Basad, enter the mind, Ozzie. his name is Colonel Basad. <laughs> yes. Before you enter the mind of Colonel Basad, he talks to you, and you're gonna listen to it now. <laughs> Your feeble skills are no match for me. You have been absorbed into my brain and will sink my thoughts. Together, we will go forth to meet the alien emperor. Do not think you can escape me, for your worst nightmares have been resurrected to defend my brain. All right. So, so and, that, the, and this is where I draw my line in the sand, <laughs> unlike Paul, in that who the fuck thought that Contra needed voice, like any sort of dialogue? How, how about that guy rolling those R's, dude? Dude, like, that's like, he's like this, I don't know if he's Russian or Argentinian or I don't know what's going on there. Yeah, but it's like, it's like Bela Lugosi, like the Dracula, the old Dracula kind of, you know, character where it's like, and you will pay, you know, it's, it, it's just so freaking ridiculous. Like, it's not even B-movie, it's like C-movie, it's like Plan 9 from outer space levels of bad, this is, basically. Oh, man. But yeah, just wait until we get to Neo Contra. Oh, I, <laughs> There's gonna be a lot more of that. Dude, I love Neo Contra. I will I, I say, love Neo Contra. Um, I think if I had to, if I had to actually say something positive, the cover art for this game is fucking hilarious to me. <laughs> it is great. It's like this dude like shooting like it, it almost seems like he's in pain, like constipated. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> and it's like he's he's like shitting out like a, an explosion basically. Almost yeah, pretty much. It's dude, great. speaking of shitting out, the the noise that the guy makes when you clear a stage in this game. Yeah. Like <laughs> like oh my god it's so bad it's terrible it's oh absolutely god. terrible but yes arnie he's basically shedding out an explosion it's the best uh, so I love it. if i could went- get like a print of that like a canvas size thing i would hang that up proudly <laughs> he, he probably went to taco bell just before he was shooting down aliens and that's the reason why he looks like that Honestly, um, I would put it in my guest bathroom, like, directly. <laughs> this is what you should shoot for when you're yeah, in the exactly. toilet. <laughs> oh, man, this game is... You know, let, let me say one good thing about this game. I do like the music. It's it's not terrible. It's okay. fairly generic dance music, but it's not yeah. terrible. Uh, so the music is not bad, if you had to say one thing. But, you know, I looked at some of the interviews, and the developer, one of the, the lead designer, he was like, yeah, it wasn't that good. You know, like, they were excited about working on Contra, but mm. he even admitted that it was like, no, nah, it, was, it, wasn't, it wasn't very good. Um, so legacy of war, legacy of awfulness, basically. Um, all right, guys, so because you couldn't have just one terrible Contra... Konami went on and gave a Palooza another chance to do another 3D Contra. <laughs> you did awesome. like, why have one job. failure when you can have two? Um, so, C, the Contra Adventure was released in 1998. 
and this is the only Contra that's only been released in North America. No, really, thank God no we never call, got it. No Japan. <laughs> they were just like, guys, we can't release this third anywhere else. You didn't uh, want this like Tomb Raider like PS One game, Masa? No, no, hell no. <laughs> well, it's it's funny because the game the game kind of does like a little fake out because the first level is actually like an old school Contra and you're like, oh my God, I'm playing Contra and it finally feels like yeah. a regular Contra. It's kind of weird. It has these 3D levels, it's polygonal, but it's a, it's a 2D Contra. And then I... after that, you never see that again. And <laughs> you know what? That has convinced me that Appaloosa knew exactly what they were doing and they were just fucking with everybody. You think they were like, we know exactly what you want and we'll never give it to you. Oh my god. I mean, like, why? Like, you know, and almost Dude, the every fact that it was called that. The fact that it was called the Contra Adventure. Contra <laughs> is not an adventure. <laughs> you shoot things and you run and you shoot them and you run and you somersault and there are no adventures. But why call but it C? die a lot. But not even that, just C, the yeah. Contra Adventure. <laughs> C hyphen the Contra Adventure. You know, why? <laughs> why make it complicated? Um, no, I mean, the game plays in 3D, so it has, like, 3D platforming. And if you guys remember the, the old, like, Tomb Raider games, like, they control, like, shit. Um, yeah. You know, you had the tank controls. This was kind of similar. Um, it's, it's a ridiculous game. And you had, because it was the 90s, you had, like, the protagonist, like, shooting, like, one-liners, you know, like, Duke Nukem, basically. Who's which, your daddy? Like, yeah. <laughs> Like, G9. You know? <laughs> Dude, he kills enemies and he says, check please. <laughs> check please. Like, God. why? I mean, like, was, was our head so far up our asses in the 90s that we just couldn't, you know, do something, like, right? Like, w- did we ever find this to be cool? You know, going by the reception, probably not, you know, because the game was, like, blown out of the water by, like, reviewers, you know? Like, Dude, IGN gave it a 1.0. GameSpot gave it a 3.6. EGN yeah. gave it 3.5, 2.0, 3.5. It just bombed. Just completely bombed. And it's funny because, I don't know, I think it has some cool f- things, I guess. I'm stop it. Just stop it. <laughs> oh, like it. the water fountain, boss? I was gonna, yeah. I the was water fountain, oh my god. I literally <laughs> wanted to stop because it. as I'm reading through these notes, I read th- the following sentence. One of the bosses is a flower pot that looks like a cat. <laughs> <laughs> like that's almost as bad as Basad. Like, guys, that's just you guys not even trying. What like, fuck? what the hell were you were you smoking in Hungary at the time? Like, seriously, you know what what was in the water in Hungary? Like, seriously, I think um, this is where this is where it peaked. Like, it was like turtle boss, like fucking dude, <laughs> that turtle boss. <laughs> Flower oh pot. God. That was the only flower natural evolution. Cat. You go from from turtle boss <laughs> to flower pot. <laughs> uh, no, it's it's a bad game, guys. And I think the very worst sin that it did it was that it was a single player only contra. Oh wow! Like seriously? Well, why would I want to subject my friends to this? That is that's also true. <laughs> exactly. Good point. Good point on either side of the, of the of the aisle right now. I guess. I mean, I I don't know if the game is even expensive because I think so few people bought it. To be honest, I mean, it it really bombed. This game really really bombed. And Arnie, I mean, the Legacy Adventure or the Legacy whatever Legacy of War, yeah. uh, <laughs> something. Um, the cover had redeeming values. Look at the cover of See the Contra Adventure. Oh, I'm, oh, I'm looking at it right now. It's it like this amazing. bad polygonal redhead guy. One of the things, you never put redheads on your cover. Never. Now, 
Never put a redhead on your cover. And I'm sorry, ginger population that listens to us. We love you guys. But no. And, I, and I'll tell you something else, Ozzy, as, as I'm looking at this on my phone. Uh, average price for a complete copy of See the Contra Adventure is about $47. Too much to pay. Too much to pay. <laughs> Dude, that's too $47 to too much. So, I don't know. I mean, the, the thing about the game is that it, it did have some callbacks to the earlier Contras. Like we said, like the first level like was very reminiscent it's a city level and it plays in 2d um so very reminiscent of contra 3 it also has like the laser doorway levels where you move side to side like you could yeah. see in like uh like the original contra so it, it kind of has some callbacks to the original contra so i think it's an interesting game you know i i want to kind of play it just in a so bad it's good you know type of yeah. way i watched the long play of it and i think that was good enough for me um, yeah, I'm certainly not paying $47 to subject myself to this shit. <laughs> and um, also, while I'm on here, and I don't mean to, to derail any further, um, so Legacy of War, much more affordable, $15. Um, but apparently, there's a Sega Saturn port of Legacy of War that complete runs about $150. Come on, Paul, get on it. I, 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 I hate for it. you to be like the complete set guys. <laughs> if you're a complete set and get you have to pay 150 for right now and buy that game. <laughs> so I, I think I'll next time we have like what we have been playing, I want you to you know talk about that game in detail. <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah, so Contra Adventure, thumbs down. Shit, Contra. You know the Dark Ages. Let's just move on. Um, and this was 1998 when Contra Adventure was released, and it wasn't until 2002 uh, that you know Contra finally came back into yep. the console arena in a proper way. So Nakasato, who was the one that worked on Contra 3 and Contra Hardcore, he came back to Contra, and that's where Shatter Soldier for the PS2 came to be. And uh, actually, fun fact, there was supposed to be another Contra, but it was a, a Contra for the Nintendo 64 called Contra Spirit 64, which hmm. was actually going to be 3D graphics. But I guess after <laughs> Legacy of War, the Contra Adventure, and the terrible Castlevanias on the 64, you know, Konami was like, you, got, you know, guys, let's just cut our losses. Let's just cancel that's, this, this That's what before. I would want, is to <laughs> not only play Contra in, tr- in 3D, but to also play it with the Nintendo 64 controller. I, I think that's honestly that's what Legacy of War needed. That's the only thing I needed in order yeah. to completely be fixed. You know, so. <laughs> it's a single analog stick. Um, so that was canceled. So Konami did not work on the franchise for a few years, um, mm. and so Nobuya Nakasato came back, and uh, Shatter Soldier was the result of that. And uh, this was a direct sequel to Contra Hardcore. And let me tell you guys, I love this game. I freaking love this game. Um, I I also enjoy it. It's hard as balls. Yeah, I, I, I think but it was... isn't that right like every there. Contra game ever? Yeah, <laughs> like, yeah. Like, yeah, like to so be honest, hard. I don't think we even have to talk about the difficulty anymore because it's like, yeah, it's really good, but holy shit, it's so difficult. But that's like every game so far. But yeah. at least in in my mind, the, the difference in Shattered Soldier, at least to me when I played it, was that the stages seem so much longer than like the previous Contra games. Yeah, I mean, it, it did feel like less boss-oriented. Yeah. Um, and it was more of like, you know, running down the level. 
it, this game is one of those where you really need to have pixel perfect not even pixel because it was polygons but just complete precision because you do have to memorize the patterns like the patterns are mm -hmm. fixed um so it's a lot of pattern recognition um over like randomized uh enemy encounters um mm -hmm. it, it feels like a lot like more grimdark than the other contras it feels like a very serious contra yeah. um yeah so you know i i don't mind that i actually kind of yeah. really dig that um it also had this innovation where it was like hit percentage and like that the, shit i did not like because well, it makes like, you, you know, feel terrible because you're like yeah. you're like i'm horrible <laughs> you know, I have like, like, yeah. the 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 reward should be that i finish this grueling stage and then you have to come in and tell me how terrible i was throughout the entire thing like i made it i i did it i don't care well, and on top and of you know, that the, the worst ending... thing is that like okay so again like this game has different endings um but they're locked behind yep like the hit rate rankings so so if you suck then i mean you will probably get like the monkey yeah. ending or something it's almost <laughs> like the developer is laughing at you it's almost like they're laughing at you it's like oh yeah. you suck all right, well, you're going to get the shit ending because you suck and you should feel <laughs> terrible about yourself and you should spend yeah. more time trying to get better at Contra. And that uh, is probably what I what would make this, for me, the hardest Contra because getting through it is hard enough, but now I have to like try to be accurate as well. Well, it's difficult because you start thinking like it just kind of goes into your subconscious. It's like, I know I shouldn't be worried about my hit percentage, but I don't want to get a terrible hit percentage. Yeah. And so you're like, should I be shooting now? Oh, man, oh. I had an enemy on top of me. I died because I wasn't <laughs> shooting because I was thinking about my hit percentage. Um, so it's it's like a little weird interplay that wasn't mm -hmm. there before. Um, it's 2.5D. So it's one of the earliest games that I remember being 2.5D, but, you know, adapting to the gameplay. Um, I, I don't know. I mean, I, I think it's a very good game. And I think it was a return to form for Contra. I played it originally when it came out. Um, I don't think it's the game that brought back Contra into the public consciousness, like Paul said. I don't think Contra really ever recovered, and after this, Contra was kind of a a franchise for the hardcore. Um, yeah. No pun intended there. Um, but it, it was a really good game, and I and I enjoyed it. It was criticized for its length. It wasn't a very long game, but then again, that's every Contra. You know, every Contra yeah. is not a very long game. So I don't know. Did you guys play this originally? Not originally. Um, played it recently. Same. And I, I basically agree with everything you say. Um, it's it's a contra game, and it's and it's good because it's a contra game. It doesn't mm. try to really be anything that different. The whole hit percentage thing, I'm not a big fan of. Um, for all the reasons Arnie said, I don't need to rehash that. But I like it. Yeah, yeah, I, yeah. I, I do enjoy it. I don't mean to. I don't want it to seem like I don't like it, but it's mean. It's a very mean game. Yeah, <laughs> I know you played uh, Shatter Soldier, Maso. Yeah, I actually um I didn't play it originally. Uh, for me, it's again like I played for the first time maybe a few years ago. Um, and sadly, like today, I realized that I've only seen like maybe like okay, so it, it's a short game. It's maybe like an hour long game. I have seen 15 minutes of it, or had seen before I watched a long play today. So yeah, it's definitely a difficult game. Um, I really enjoy the level design. Uh, the enemies are fun as well, except like the flying enemies that, you know, crap you oh, and, you know... Super, super yeah. frustrating. Yeah. yeah. But also, um, the game has lots of mini-bosses. Yeah, so it that's does. That's definitely yeah. like, there's like, I feel like there's like less, like, um, like, 
like let's say like hordes of like weak normal enemies and like the emphasis is more on like the uh boss enemies so yeah it's it's definitely a tough game um okay so i'm not a big fan of the graphics because when it comes to control i prefer um the more like like either sprites or the more like cartoony style kind of like yeah. um hardcore uprising okay yeah, I mean, I, I played it originally. One of the things that I, when when I went back to it, it was that I realized that the soundtrack was composed by Akira Yamaoka, and uh, he composed Silent Hill, and it's very metal. Like, it's a very, very metal soundtrack. I actually, you know, I listen to it at work, and every time I listen to it, I'm like, all right, I'm ready. I'm ready to blast people. Um, yeah. So if but you yeah, guys have it's like the opposite it, of Neo Contra. Um, that's like one yeah. thing I also noticed that, yeah, it's like definitely like more heavy rock um, or hard rock oriented. Um, I, I mean, there's some like techno songs, uh, but like Neo Contra, it's like all like this arcade style EDM music. Yeah, yeah. So I guess we could talk about Neo Contra. Um, Neo Contra came like right after Shatter Soldier and it released in late 2004. Um, so... I know, Masa, you have just fallen in love with this game, so maybe you could tell us a little bit about uh, yeah, it. Yeah, okay, so I've not played the game. Uh, I watched a long play, and I actually had to watch the whole thing, unlike with all these other games, like the, <laughs> you know, the PS1 tragedies. Um, but first of all, I was sold the moment I saw the amazing opening movie, like this, basically like a four-minute-long music video that has, like, you know explosions and you know there's a samurai dude um of course like bill riser returns um as a clone of the original one um and then you know the game starts and i'm a bit like okay so yeah what's going on it's it's a top-down game again like no like come that's on like, that's yeah yeah i mean that's what i hated in Contra 3, um, but then, you know, all of a sudden, you're riding a Velociraptor, and it's like, whoa, this, <laughs> yeah, this might actually be the best Contra It's like, game. that escalated quickly. Yeah. <laughs> and yeah. then, and then you, you know, there's a stage where you ride a torpedo, and it's basically a SMOP stage, and then there's another stage where you're on top of a helicopter. Um, blades, blades, yeah, helicopter exactly blades. Like that. Yeah, that's just insane, and it gets even better. Um, there's this like bonus cutscene featuring the samurai guy. It's like, okay, so first he, you know, kills like three normal enemies. Then it's like an army of enemies, and then all of a sudden, there's literally an enemy row, but like so big that um, it actually like its head is in space. <laughs> and, and the dude is like, and the dude is like looking at the robot, like, yeah, no, no big deal. And then you know, he actually slices the robot in half, causing en- the entire Earth to explode. And it's like, okay, so what just happened? Like, did he die? No, he's actually. The next scene you see, he's like swimming in space, and then like, yeah, with Billy Riser, and they're like, yeah, no big deal, like, uh, just exploded. But yeah, 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 just like mining, mining my business, you know, sw- swimming in space, like, you know, like it's normal. So, yeah. like, like, yeah, like games are really that. over the top, but I don't think you can, you know, really top Neo Contra. And also, one thing that also sold me on the game is that it has voice acting, like it has voice scenes, and it's ridiculous. With, yeah, Completely. with like some of the worst dialogue, or like let's say it's like 80s B movie dialogue, <laughs> and 
with like, I don't know, soap opera, you know, level of acting. Like, it has to be, like, like you have like to go on YouTube and check. they around the office to come into the booth and, like, <laughs> yeah. say some lines. Well, yeah, I like, mean, it's and, like and the I... guy who plays Bill Ryder, like, he has, like, no emotion. <laughs> like, he's just reading these lines, like, oh, well, my uh, God, and... bad things are going to happen. No. <laughs> I feel, I feel, Masa, I mean, this was the, the interviews I saw. They really wanted to make this game intentionally over the top. Like, it was very intentional. It was kind of intended to be campy. Um, but I feel like this is a good game. That if it had dual analog stick controls would be not perfect, but a very, very well-remembered Contra. Because it feels like the same type of game that Next Machina, you know, recently came out with. Or like Dead Nation, like the house marquee games. Um, but it just didn't have dual analogs. And so if you could have like, you know, the right stick shoots in whatever direction and the left stick you control the character... This game would be amazing. So this is one of those games that is just begging for a re-release and with with different controllers. Do you guys think so? I would. Oh play yeah. It. Um, also, top five best PS2 box art ever. <laughs> I love yeah, it. I actually, so I love even ironically, so I love it. No, it's great. Yep. It's yeah. legitimately good. Dude, like 12-year-old me would have loved to have put that up right next to the picture of the Lamborghini, you know, and like Pamela Anderson on the other side. Yeah. Like, it would have been amazing. But yeah, Neo Contra, go out, go play it. It's in the PSN. It's a, it's a very interesting foray in the Contra canon. So after that, it was some years, um, you know, before Contra 4 was released. So Contra 4 was released for the Nintendo DS in North America. And if you've been able to tell, you know, Contra 4 is not actually the fourth installment. There were many other installments before that. But it was intended to be a return to Contra 3 and a return to form for Contra. And so that's why they they, they called it just a sequel to Contra 3. So... I, I had not played this game, but it was developed by WayForward. And if you guys know WayForward, they do the Shantae series. And uh, Matt Bozon, um, he's the director of Shantae. He was also the director for this one. And uh, he said that they just wanted to be, you know, a return to form of what they wanted Contra to be. So it was created by a lot of fans, created by over 30 people. Paul, I know you played this game. What were your thoughts on it? Look, I mean, Masa, I know you said we don't have to mention difficulty anymore. <laughs> but, dude, Contra 4 is hard. It's like a sack of doorknobs, man. Like, that's that's what the subtitle should be. It should be Contra 4 <laughs> sack of doorknobs. <laughs> like, yeah. I couldn't even... I don't think I could even get by the first level. And uh, And I... From what I remember, I think I blamed it on the smaller screen. Like, I know it was spread across two screens. Yeah. But that kind of vertical that kind of verticality didn't i i found that it didn't really work for it yeah. and uh and the sprites were like a little bit too large for that screen so you had less reaction time 
No, and, on top of uh, that, you had to deal with the fact that it was dual screens and they used both screens. And yep. to me, that was kind of the big turnoff from this game. Yeah. Because yeah. you had to keep so much in mind. And because it was the screens were separated, you know, by a dead space, basically, um, you could miss a lot. It just didn't feel natural, at least to me. That's something that I hated from the DS when they use the dual screens as just one single screen. Because it just never felt natural. And so that, to me, was when I originally saw it, what turned me off from that. Yeah. I mean, nice nice try, right? Like, we're always harping on developers for not trying new things mm. and so on and so forth. Um, you know, a, a worthy effort, but not for me. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I mean, the game does look beautiful, though. Yeah, I mean, the, I was, the sprite I was works say, on the game are just absolutely amazing. I agree with Paul said, but the game is gorgeous. Like, it looks really good. Um, but for the same reasons, I I don't think I could play it. Um, I can't keep track of both screens at the same time. Yeah, I mean, Somasa, have you played it? Um, actually, no. Um, it's definitely like one game that I've been wanting to get, but then, like, uh, like I've been watching videos and yeah, the dual screen thing. It's definitely a turn off because I can't really imagine it working really that well especially like since this is a game that first of all requires a lot of skill but also like you have to know where the bullets are coming from yeah so mm -hmm. yeah yeah i mean i i, I want to play it but again i want to buy a cib and cib as you know nintendo ds games are getting very pricey mostly yep. because gamestop decided to throw away all the boxes the, um, they tossed which, a bunch of boxes yeah, so that's Fucking the reason why it's got to, yeah, <laughs> I, I can't wait for them to go out of business. Um, <laughs> anyways, um, but yeah, Contra 4, you know, good return to form, very hard, um, very beautiful. Um, dual screens, yeah, we're not big fans, but uh, yeah, definitely go out and play it. Um, I think, you know, that kind of runs the gamut, you know, of Contra, but there are a few odds and ends that we want to touch base on before we uh, leave. So there are like three other games that we should discuss in brief. Uh, Contra Force was really a Contra game, only in name. It was released in 1992. Um, and it was originally supposed to be another game called Arkhound, but they canceled Arkhound and then they just were like, well, why don't we just release a Contra? And uh, they called it Contra Force. And so it's a, an entirely different game called Contra. And uh, because it was in 1992 that it was released, it's very expensive because no one bought it because it was at the end of the NES, really, you know, life, mm -hmm. lifetime. But yeah. don't play Contra Force. Just don't do it. Uh, no need. Well, I, I I don't know. I wouldn't go that far. It didn't look that bad yeah. from what I saw anyway. Yeah. I didn't think it looked that bad. It had yeah. like, for the NES, it had like amazing animation. But from what it's I saw... It's just not Contra. The, it's, it's just, it, but also it's just like really bad slowdown. Yeah. Oh, dude, the slowdown was yeah. horrendous. Yeah. Mm -hmm. yeah. yeah. Uh, so Contra Force, definitely if if you have eight hundred spare dollars to spare, you know, you want to play it on the original <laughs> hardware. I'm yeah, not telling anybody to go buy it. it. I mean we have emulators. <laughs> or play it on an emulator. Um nine, 2009, uh Konami was doing this line of, of releases called the Rebirth Rebirth line, and they released Castlevania Rebirth, Greatest Rebirth, and they also released Contra Rebirth. And uh this was actually a really, really cool Contra, but it was only released exclusively for the Wii eShop. Um, which I feel was a really big loss because it would have been much more popular yeah. if it was released on like PlayStation Network or Xbox Live Arcade. Uh, beautiful sprite-based graphics, and it almost feels like a remix of Contra and Contra 3. Just almost like a greatest hits of Contra. 
um, and you cannot play it now because if you you know did not buy it originally you know and you don't have any funds in the Wii eShop, you can't add any more to it. So there mm-hmm. you go, uh, a casualty of uh, digital marketplaces. So yeah. did you guys play I, Contra Rebirth at all? I did yeah. not, um, but I saw some gameplay of it and it looked super cool. I got like Gunstar Hero vibes from oh it, yeah just yeah. from what I saw. But Masa, you played it. Yeah, yeah, I actually don't know it myself, and most likely now that, you know, with the whole eShop thing, uh, probably never gonna own it. Although, like, I have to mention that there's been rumors about um, Konami releasing um, a Rebirth, um, like, I mean, yeah, Rebirth collection for the Switch, but that's that'd just be, a rumor, yeah. That'd be awesome. that, that would be yeah. so kick-ass, because yeah. I but love like, Castlevania Rebirth. Yeah, but like I did play the game at my friend's place. Um, it's once again difficult, but yeah, like that, that, like it's so contra. Like I wouldn't say that it's probably not, not, you know, on the same level as the best contra games. But if you want a new, like classic contra game, then yeah, Rebirth is definitely like worth playing if you, you know, can actually play it. So. Yeah. Um and you know just hearing the classic music seeing like the gorgeous you know sprite artwork um like the action like it it takes you know I kind of feel like it takes a lot of the best parts you know from like Contra and Contra 3 you can you know once again ride a missile that's awesome um it's <laughs> <Yeah>. not very <laughs> long though but yeah it's a great game definitely well, the last the last game that's not a pachinko game um, is Hardcore Uprising, and that was released in 2011, um, and uh, it was developed by Arc System Works, um, who are better known for Guilty Gear and Blast Blue. And uh, I don't know. I mean, I, I love this game. It doesn't really feel like Contra, which is why I didn't want to focus a lot on it because it just feels like it's an entirely new thing, and it makes sense because I've heard that they wanted it to be a new franchise. But I played this. I know you played this, Masa. Yeah, yeah, it's. I would have to agree with you. It, uh, like gameplay-wise, it does feel like Contra, except that um, like they have added like new stuff, like the character can dash. Um, there's like double jump. You can dash mid-air. Um, so it, and also like the anime style graphics. Okay, so I love it. Like I would say graphically, <laughs> this is, I might even be my favorite like uh, like Contra game. Mm-hmm. Um, especially since you have Arc System Works who are, you know, known for, like, really cautious animations. Yeah. Yeah, the yeah. game, it's colorful, it's, yeah, I mean, it, it just looks really good, but, yeah, okay, so, yeah, it is, once again, really difficult. Like, I have not, yeah, I haven't beaten it, not not even yeah. close to beating it. Um, even, even though there's two modes, uh, there's the arcade mode, which is way more brutal, but then there's also... Um, the rising mode where you actually have a health bar and you can uh, buy power-ups. Hmm. Uh, but yeah, it's like what Ozzy said, um, it doesn't really feel like a Contra game. Yeah, I mean, I, I like it and it's beautiful hand-drawn animation for the characters um, mixed with polygonal backgrounds. So I, I, I like how it looks. I just never consider it a Contra game per se. Um, but, you know, you definitely should go out and play it. It's still available on PS3 and available on Xbox 360. Um, so let's let's close out, guys. Uh, I, I wanted to ask you guys, just quick fire. What's your favorite Contra game, Paul? Uh, I'll say hardcore. Maso. Um, I'm gonna have to go with the first game. The first game, Arnie. Uh, toss up between three or Shattered Soldier, but because Shattered Soldier is mean, 
Uh, I'll go with three, the Alien Wars. <laughs> I, I'll go with the original one as well. Um, even though Contra 3 gives it a run for its money, if it wasn't for those top-down levels... The best I would part say, of the whole I would game. say Contra 3 all the way. Um, so, <laughs> but original Contra. Um, yeah. And let me ask you guys, what makes Contra special to you? How about you, Arnie? Um, you know, that's a tough question. But at least to me, Contra is one of those rare games that I'm not good at and that does not even try to be like as a series does not try to be ingratiating or like open to like people who aren't who aren't willing to put in the time but something just keeps me coming back to it like it's kind of like and this is like super uh unnecessary to say at this point but it's kind of like dark souls um (laughs) where uh yeah it's you know um but where the environment like the you know the whole the thing as a package, as a complete package, is just so enticing to come back to and play and try to get better at. Um, so it's one of those where you know, even though, even if you're not good at it, uh, just having something to come back to that's that engaging and so well designed is is great. Um, and then obviously the co-op, uh, which I love. It's like the only way I would ever play Contra games. Yeah, Masa. Um, I would say what makes Contra um, a special game for me is that I grew up watching 80s action movies and I, I still love movies like Rambo and Commando and Predator mm-hmm. and so on. And Contra is like one of the the only, okay, so yeah, sure, we got like video game versions of a lot of those classic movies, except that they all sucked. So yeah. <laughs> Contra is like the only way you can like truly experience what it what it would have been like being like Arnold in Ram in Commando or um, Sly Stallone in Rambo, yeah. and yeah. and you know I like shooting motherfuckers in the face. So <laughs> <laughs> that's it. <laughs> yeah. Well, uh, Paul, anything you parting thoughts about Contra? No, I just I like the fact that it's just kind of this ideal of a genre. You know, you it's Contra. I mean, one could make a case for Mega Man and the Run and Gun kind of being the ideal Run and Gun, but they're different enough. Mm-hmm. And uh, and I think Contra is just kind of like the ideal of the yeah. Run and Gun genre. And uh, yeah, I like you know, I the the 3D stuff was terrible, but I feel <laughs> like they've kind of returned to form a bit. And even though and even though Neo Contra is a little bit different, I'm on board with Neo Contra too. You yeah. know. I, I'm I'm glad, but yeah, it's just it's an ideal, and uh, and the somersaults the somersaults are also special. Is there a future for Contra in your mind? Absolutely. Yeah, I would say there is only for several reasons. Um, one is that you have the return of indie developers and pixel art games, and uh, and Contra is a kind of franchise and style that would lend itself well to that. Um, it doesn't seem like the kind of game that would require huge developmental resources. Um, and we've also kind of got, like Arnie said, that Dark Souls thing going on where you have a segment of the gaming population that really appreciates the game that's hard as nails. Mm. So, you know, you've got, you've got an audience there, you've got a pedigree, you've got an intellectual property that's not quite dead, although Appaloosa tried. (laughs) And, uh, yeah, I think there's room for it. Yeah, Correct. I think, like Paul said, just having that indie scene, like, 
we've had such a like long line of like Metroidvania likes. I'd be totally down for some Contra likes. Like even if it's not named Contra, games in that style, I think would be really cool. Good. All right, guys, we run out of time, and uh, this has been really fun. Uh, we've had some laughs, and uh, we've had some cries, um, <laughs> and uh, mostly around 1996. Um, but it's been really fun. Uh, you can find us on Instagram at Region Free Gamers. Uh, my name is Ozzy. You can find me at Shadow the Collector, Shadow with periods in between, Shadow dot of dot dot Collector. Oh, God, that was really complicated. Um, <laughs> and uh, where can we find you, Masa? Okay, so you can find me on Instagram, and my handle is masajarvinen09. Uh, Arnie? Uh, you can find me uh, on Instagram as well, um, at welcome to the game. Uh, it's welcome, the number two, the game. Um, and you can also find Region Free Gamers on YouTube now. We have our own YouTube channel and on Twitter. Great. We're hitting up all those social media platforms. Paul? Uh, Instagram, Paul's underscore game room. Great. That's that's very simple, unlike me. Um, <laughs> but thank you, guys. It's been super fun. Uh, we hope to do another theme week very soon. Uh, go out, go play some Contra, uh, and shoot some motherfuckers in the face. See ya. Check, please. <laughs>